is a blade Shoots up to the stony ground There's no room No space to wait in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is dead And you're the haven everywhere all right boys welcome to week two of the Derek zoolander keeper league for kids who can't read good and want to do other stuff good to podcast it's a beautiful day to talk some fantasy football. I have my first ever guest on the show. And before I introduce my guest, I'd just like to say um, this guest is the entire reason this podcast started. Um, he does a, an absolutely amazing one for our other league. I've talked about it a couple of times. Uh, can't wait to, to get started with him here. Uh, it's uh, my good friend, Seth. Dikembe, I am really fired up to be here. Uh, it, it's late at night. Uh, I have class early in the morning, but uh, there's nothing I'd rather be doing right now than this podcast. I, I just have to get that out there uh, before we start. I really appreciate that. I was I was incredibly excited to get you on the show. Uh, this episode will be in your honor. Um, now, let, before we get started into everything here, I just want to ask you, what are you drinking tonight? Dikembe, I have kind of a, a nice kind of dual backfield sort of situation going on, a really balanced attack. I have uh, two Heinekens. Uh, I took the liberty to open both of them before I came on, so that way I can transition easily from the first one to the second one. Uh, and I'm going to pop off a little bit here during the show. That is the kind of arsenal that I would expect from a true veteran of a veteran podcast. And that's really why I brought you on the show. Someone who knows to open up their beer beforehand so we don't hear it pop open in the middle of the podcast. I really can only commend you for that one. Yeah, I'm only thinking uh, thinking ahead. It's about the fans. It's about the community. That's why we do this. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get started here. So I think with that, we're kind of just going to dive into uh, our week one matchups here. Our, uh, our recap, we'll kind of go through a little bit of uh, the teams, the matchups, how they went. Um, maybe what it'd be like. I don't really need to explain it to you too much, so let's just jump right into it. I think we'll start at the bottom here. We'll start with feeling good Foster versus the OK team, which is Billy. I did have it explained to me that the OK team, uh, the team he took over was something. I don't remember exactly, but it was like basically just calling itself a shitty team, so he thought it'd be a nice step up to go from whatever it was, a shitty team, to the OK team. Um, sitting in ninth place. So he's already up one spot on Tyler's team from last year. So I kind of think that's fitting. Uh, yeah, Dikembe, I'm, I'm confused here whether it helped Billy or hurt Billy that he took over a team. I, I'm not sure if it was an advantage or a disadvantage. I guess his season will kind of uh, illustrate whether it was or it wasn't. But uh, all in all, it was a pretty competitive matchup, it looks like. Yeah, this was uh, this one actually came right down to the wire. Um, we could kind of start with Foster's side of the ball here. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Julio Jones, 
feeling. I don't know. I, I, I was kind of a little critical of Foster's team on the initial podcast. Uh, it's kind of t- – it's honestly looking at his running backs. It's kind of painful on the eyes. I'm not really sure how to feel about uh, Foster's team in this one, but this was a very close matchup. Uh, I probably think it goes the other way if uh, Joe Mixon doesn't get three points. Yeah, it definitely – yeah, it definitely looks like that. And I completely agree with the running backs – uh, for Moff, uh, he collects Jordan ones, but he doesn't collect quality running backs here. Uh, his team is is really solid outside of that, but I'm I'm just not sure if these running backs are sustainable. Uh, Dikembe. Yes, especially in a league with two flex spots. Um, I'd like to think that running back is pretty valuable in this league, where if you have someone who's consistent and can get you 15 points a week. Uh, if you look at those two bottom flex spots, Aaron Jones got five and Robbie Anderson got five. If you have a guy that could put up 15 in that spot, which was actually the point of the second flex, it's a huge advantage. And I don't know, it might be kind of tough for Foster to find a lot of point production when he's kind of stuck starting Kenyon Drake and Royce Freeman each week. Yeah, I, I feel like those guys aren't even, at least Royce Freeman right now, is not even like really the lead back on his own team. Uh, I'm just not really sure what he's doing out here with this backfield. I'm not sure that you make a good point. I'm not sure that either of them are the starting running back on their team. Definitively not Royce Freeman. Um, I don't really, I think Kenyon Drake actually ended up being the the second running back on that team. If I'm not mistaken, they they put him at one on the depth chart, but it didn't end up working out that way. Um, looking at his team, he kind of, he, got I guess some decent players on his bench nothing really scary Carlos Hyde looked pretty good uh I was actually impressed that he looked as good as he did but this is a 10 team league and I don't know that you can really be competitive with Kenyon Drake and Royce Freeman yeah I I completely agree with that um I guess the good thing for for Moff is it's a long season and this is just the first week so he has some time to go and find some running back uh help I did like that the two of them were both in the group me looking for running back help immediately after their week one uh, matchup. I kind of respected that. Not only did they go head-to-head in terms of playing each other, but they went head-to-head in terms of trying to find running back help. I love that. It's a, it's a matchup both on and off the field. Exactly. I, I immediately posted one of those fight, fight, fight <laughs> gifts, and that's kind of how this matchup felt. The two of them just kind of exchanging blows and – at the end, uh, Foster just kind of hit that last haymaker on him. And uh, I guess Pat Mahomes really – honestly, look, it was actually Butker in Minnesota that was really the difference. Dikembe, can I ask you a question? You can ask me as many questions as you'd like. Oh, that's huge. Uh, does it matter that Billy is your partner in another league? Does that carry over into this league, whether you're a little bit more sympathetic to him or not? Yeah, so I will say – Two of these, uh, three of these players are players that we have on our own team. Uh, actually, kind of three straight there, Mixon, Jared Cook, and James White. So it's kind of hard for me to root. Oh, and it, does he have Darren Waller? And Darren Waller, who we both really like. So four of these guys are, are also on our team that we have together. I obviously am not going to root against players on my own team. So I do like to see Billy succeed. He's a close personal friend of mine. Uh, We feed each other seedless fruits on occasion. So obviously I do like to see him succeed. But Foster and I met at Hickory Hill Day Camp at four years old. So it's also hard for me to root against Foster. This was a tough matchup for me. 
Yeah, uh, Foster's been the mayor since uh, at the seventh grade at the Mid Island yeah. Y. So yeah, Mayor Mayor Giuliani. <laughs> uh, but as for Billy's team, uh, I think I think it's a pretty good team. He kept Juju in the third round. I know he was a little iffy on that actually after he did so. But uh, what do you think of his of Billy's lineup? Uh, I think Billy's done a pretty good job, all things considered. I, I think uh, his Packer guy, Aaron Jones, has to be better for him. Uh, I think he will be. And if he can get these running backs in order with Joe Mixon kind of getting banged up and Aaron Jones just struggling against the Bears, which is not really embarrassing at all. The Bears have a great defense. Uh, if those two guys get it going, I think Billy's got a really formidable team. I definitely would agree there. I think he's got some pretty nice players on the bench, at least – a couple of nice ones. Obviously, Waller um, could be a nice keeper for him. It's kind of surprising he has two. He has three tight ends on that roster. Um, Manny Sanders looked really great at the end of the game there. Um, I was kind of surprised he's looking for RB help. I mean, he didn't pick up Gio Bernard, which he, he definitely could have. He's got David Johnson, who looked fantastic, as you know. James White is James White. You kind of know where you're getting him from him every week. Um, Aaron Jones might be his RB4, so I'm kind of, in terms of wanting RB help, I'm not sure exactly what he's looking for. Is he looking for depth? Is he trying to make a high-end trade to pick up a, a another like higher-end running back that's kind of closer to Mixon and David Johnson? I'm not really sure what he is looking for. I, I kind of like this team. Yeah, I, I definitely can't disagree with that at all. I also really like it, and yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what he's looking for either. Uh, he is a wild card, and, and uh, he's somebody that is scheme, always scheming uh, Bill to improve his team. So I'm, I have no doubt that whatever move he's looking to make is going to make this roster better. But I'm just you're also curious to see what it is. I like that point. I, I think uh, you never really know what you're going to get out of the wild card, Bill. Uh, one week it's, it's Bill, a nice classy guy. The next week it's Bill. You don't really know what you're going to get. And um, kind of this week, he, he could have had 170, ends up having 125. Just uh, That's just classic Will for you. Yeah, it's absolutely classic Will. Um, with that, we're going to move on to our second matchup of the week. We're going to just go up one. It's actually uh, Shake and Bake, which is Mateo, I believe, Mateo, versus uh, the most perfect team in the league, which you might know a little bit something about. So, um if you'd like, I'd let, I'd, I'll let you start maybe talking about your team, and then we'll get to Mateo. Dikembe, there would be nothing more on God's green earth that I'd like to do than take my collective group in a locker room and start screaming at them because my guys did not come to play. I had Ben Roethlisberger, who I picked up. I didn't even draft him. I picked him up on matchup. I figured it was going to be a shootout in New England. He was going to have to throw to score points. I, I thought after the whole AB situation, losing Bell, like he was going to come out motivated and he looked like he didn't want to play in the NFL anymore. He just looked like he didn't care. Um, and it kind of, you know, even before that, Ty Hill was one of my better players. Oh, keep in mind Dikembe, I was sick, really sick during this draft. And I like, couldn't keep my eyes open. I took like a four hour nap leading into this draft and I missed the first few picks. So I didn't draft like Matt Ryan, Carrion, Ezekiel Elliott, and Ty Hill, and T.Y. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually going to bring that point up. I don't know who you would have ended up taking in those situations. I mean, Zeke, 
I'm sure you're not disappointed with Zeke, but no, not at all. Um, I'm not. I'm probably not disappointed with Carry On, but I don't know if you would have taken Ty Hill. It's kind of hard to look back in the draft and say, but that's certainly, I guess, got to be something that's disappointing for you. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, one of my better players. I, I mean, whether I wanted to or not, I was relying on him, and to see him go down and to not really put up points for me. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I lost by 50 points, but. Uh, yeah, I was really thoroughly disappointed with my my group of players, and changes are coming. I I don't know if you saw this, but right before we came on this, I I made a move. I picked up uh, Terry McLaurin uh, immediately. Started, I love that move. Yeah, I immediately inserted him into my starting lineup for week two. I'm going to give him a chance. Uh, yeah, I'm not messing around here. So I there are changes that. coming for Seth's perfect team. I was going to say, um, the guy that you cut for Big Ben was Tyrell Williams. And I remember texting you saying I was surprised because I thought he wasn't drafted. And I was like, how is he not drafted in a like 18-round league? And then you told me that you cut him, which um, I actually I thought was understandable. Actually, on the podcast, I said I thought he was trash. I mean, I literally went on record. I'm like, I think he's garbage. But I was willing to just whatever. I didn't really care. I had the roster spot. And he actually looked pretty good. Um so Terry uh, McLaurin, or however you pronounce his name, is actually kind of a nice substitute for that. I think um, a lot of – I've seen him as, like, the main pickup on a lot of the uh, wide receiver pickups that I, I follow some Instagram pages. So I really like that. He played, like, almost every snap. I think that was a great move for you. Yeah, I, I really need him to be good. And going back to the, the Tyrell thing, I cut him when it looked like Antonio Brown was going to play for Oakland, like first yes. he wasn't going to play because of the helmet then because of other stuff. And then he was going to play. And so then I cut him because I figured, ah, with AB and Waller and they have some other guys, like maybe he just wouldn't be great. He was never like amazing. So I figured he'd be like a middling player, a guy I could replace. And then Brown doesn't play and you pick him up. And then Tyrell is really, really good in week one. And now I'm just, I'm pretty pretty shook about that, Seth. Yeah, it's it's understandable. I mean, it's tough. If if you don't lose Ty Hill, you probably don't care. I mean, you have yeah, would have had him. I I actually said exactly what you said to me on the podcast about how people kind of underestimating T. Y. Hilton. He's projected he was projected twelve point eight, just way too low. Ends up looking incredible. Uh, it's probably not going to be that good of a team. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's got an arm. You have D.D. Westbrook. You have D.J. Moore. You have Mike Williams. So I honestly can't blame you for cutting Tyrell Williams when A.B. was on that roster. Yeah, I think my team is better than it than it played in week one. I, I was thoroughly disappointed. But if you look at my team, a couple of my top guys just didn't didn't play well. Like uh, Roethlisberger, Ty Hill, and Carrion combined for about, what, like 22 points, give or take. Yeah, uh, the decimals. And so if those guys are are playing up to par, my team is looking a lot better right now, but they didn't. And so that's why I'm here. And I, I wish I could just chew into my squad. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I, if I could, I wish I could get them all onto the pod, let you rip into them one by one, maybe minus uh, T.Y. Hilton and Mark Andrews, who could stay at home, drink a nice beer and relax because they earned that one. Yeah, they definitely did. They can have a cold one on me. Um, but with that, we can move on to Mateo's team. Obviously, a newcomer in this league. Uh, he took over Matt Starr's team. So, someone that none of us ever met, except for Vecker, who clearly played his way out of this league, as many of you know. 
Uh, he had a rule just to himself. The rule about paying before the draft was literally just for him, but I did not want to make him feel bad. Um, so obviously they're both out of the league. Uh, Mateo auto drafts his team, uh, I believe from Albania. I don't know. I mean, 181 points. What is it about the auto draft that you think is just working? I do have a theory, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. Dikembe, it's a tough call here. I'm, I'm looking at this team and I, I want to like it. Uh, at the same time, is it realistic to expect 30, close to 35 points from your kicker in your defense weekly? Uh, Austin Eckler looked like he played, like had an out of body experience. Uh, he's already lost Hunter Henry. I, I think the auto draft helps because I think as as a person, you might have certain biases against certain teams or certain players, like guys you're refusing to draft. Like for me, I'm much less inclined to draft somebody who went to the University of Michigan than yes. I would be another guy. So I think like it, the auto draft takes out these biases that you might have. Uh, and it just picks like it, it's unbiased. And so I think that could be a factor into why uh, an auto draft might work. That was uh, more or less exactly what kind of what I was thinking. Um, there's obviously player biases. And then there's also, um, I'm just going to, I'm not picking on Ian, but I'm just going to say, because I respect that he does this. Uh, Ian will reach on players. He has absolutely no problem doing And I like that. If you really like a guy, you want to make sure you get him. If you take a guy that's going in the eighth and you take him in the sixth, because you think you're going to get fourth round value out of him. I respect the hell out of that. But at the same time, it does happen. You know, if you have that happen a couple of times during the draft, you end up having some guys that maybe drop a little bit that the computer just kind of takes because they're the best player available. And when you have kind of the combination of the two of what you said, as well as maybe some people reaching, you do end up getting some good value. So I think that's kind of what happened this week. But um, looking at his bench, it's not really it's not really scary to me. I I don't know what he's going to do during the bye week. He's got two kickers, two defenses. I think he might have some trouble during the bye weeks. Uh what do you think? Dikembe, I couldn't agree more with that. Um I I think I I'm I'm confused and I know there's a, a couple of flexes but uh three tight ends to me. I guess he's lost Hunter Henry. I'm assuming he's going to cut Hunter Henry. We do have an IR spot. I actually, just for the record, everyone, if you have a player that's out, they don't have to be on IR. I just found this out with AJ Green. You could just put them in the IR spot, which uh, is pretty clutch. I did not know that. Oh, so so Mateo could move Hunter Henry to the IR spot, even if yes. he's not on IR yeah. in real life. I have AJ Green on my IR spot right now, which is I actually really like that. I wish more leagues did something like that. Yeah, I uh, yeah yeah, that's actually really cool and and kind of. It makes a lot of sense why you'd be able to why you should be able to do that in this, um, uh, because it, it would force your hand to hand like you'd have to make a choice to either keep Hunter Henry, who's a good player, or cut him. Yeah. Uh, so that I like that. But uh, going back to your question, uh, yeah, I think the bench is a little weak. I think he's got time to correct this. Um, he's rostering two kickers, which is certainly uh, a strategy you don't see in in a lot of leagues. Um, and so that will be something to uh, monitor if he drops one of those guys to go pick up another position player. Um, but yeah, as of now, I agree that bench uh, can use some work, but he had 181 points. 
Um, some of his guys underperformed. Some of his guys overperformed. I think he's got a pretty good team. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's a competitive team. I'm, I'm glad we got him in the league. Uh, he's been really easy to work with. So, um, yeah, I, w- I wish him the best of luck. I, I'm sure he'll be able to manage his team. And um, with that, I guess we'll, we'll move on to the next matchup, which I was blown away by this one. We have Monty Python's Cup. Uh, Ian's team versus Run CMC, which is a newcomer, uh, Jablin, which, again, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right because I got shit on last time. I called him uh, Jablon. So I really hope I'm pronouncing that one right. Um, if I ever meet you in person one day, don't don't be offended. But, uh, yeah, we'll start with uh, Run CMC on this one. What a what a team. Dikembe, I, I, I'm floored by this team. This team – they have scored 224 points. I'm not sure I could count that high. Yeah, yeah, I have, unbelievable. It might be the most points we've ever seen in this league. I know we've had 200, but 224? Yeah, that's that's like an area code of some kind. I'm not really sure what what town or state or city or whatever that would be in, but that is a big number. Not to mention even Mike Evans got 4.8. I mean... That's just wild. Yes, Sammy Watkins got 47, but just, wow. Uh, just everyone went off except for two players on his team and his defense. And he had Marlon Mack on his bench who put up 25. And, uh, and Sutton. Sutton. Oh, yeah. Uh, it felt like he, I guess, could have done no wrong this week unless he had played Corey Davis or something. But Yeah, I mean, this was a team I said I liked it on the podcast. I was a little... Um, iffy on Alshon Jeffrey, I know we kind of share that sentiment. He had a rushing touchdown, but I don't know that he really has to rely too much on some of these guys. It's Cortland Sutton and Marlon Mack as potential fill-ins for uh, we God knows Sammy Watson's is going to break his foot or something at some point. Or I don't yeah. want to put that, in, but you know that it's just kind of what he he's always hurt. Hopefully he's not because if if he's not, he got a hell of a steal with him. But even if he did, as Sutton and Marlon Mack. Great replacements, really, for any of his um, flex options. Yeah, this this team is looking really, really good through uh, through the first week. I'm really impressed with it. And then he got uh, how that Monday night game with the Houston and, and New Orleans was crazy, unbelievable. And then Will Lutz hits that like fifty, what was it, fifty eight or something yeah. yarder to win it. About- Just adds more points onto his score and. And he's got a huge head start on everyone else with this point total. Yeah, I mean, he actually, let me just double check, but I think he dropped 100 more points than one or two teams in the league this week. He had one, yeah, so uh, Dirty Mike and the boys, who, oh, I actually feel disgusting for ass eating season, put up 120. Um, the OK team, 124 and a half, just under 100. I mean, that's. That is crazy to me to have a hundred point advantage. He could almost shit the bed one week, put up fifty points, and still have them in points. Yeah, it gives them like an extra game in hand with this uh, this point advantage. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. This is this is exactly the kind you don't want to overreact to one week, but sometimes one week like this is the difference. I'm sure we'll look back at the end of the. I, I expect him to be comfortably in the top six, but. You never really know. Sometimes the difference in making the playoffs or the one seed, two seed, whatever, ends up just being five, ten points. And 
he'll look back and be like, I put up 224 this week, and that was the huge difference maker standings-wise. Yeah, he, he has a really good start, and I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, at the end of the season, this could be a difference maker one way or another, uh, and uh, he's just off to a phenomenal start with a really good team. Yeah, um, so with that, we'll move over to a team that didn't have that bad of a start, didn't have a start he's probably too excited about, but um, Ian's team, Lamar Jackson, looked awesome. Um, his wide receivers were just solid. Something I said on the podcast, I he just has solid receivers. He doesn't really have anyone that scares you. Um, really, in terms of, I guess, most of his team, it's not really what I like to call game breakers you want. Like, you look at the team to the right, and he had a what he had like three or four Keenan Allen Christian McCaffrey uh, Ingram put up 28 uh, Watkins was this week I guess you wouldn't consider him every week but he's got a couple guys that it could win you a week by themselves and I'm looking at Ian's team and it's just really solid at every position but other than Kamara how many of these guys maybe Ertz how many of these guys are you really looking at like I'm afraid this guy's gonna beat me this week the Kembe I, I couldn't agree more um I think the thing is, and I kind of uh, mentioned it on, on my program, as you know, uh, the Bears were hyping up David Montgomery so much before the season. And and I said on mine that we'll, we'll see how they really feel about him when they play the Packers on that Thursday night. And then he didn't touch the ball as much as you would have expected him to. So he's looking a little disappointing right now. I'm not sure if his touches are going to increase, but in a pretty close game throughout, he had six rushing attempts. You don't really uh, – I would have expected more just based on how some of the things you were hearing and reading before the season started. That is definitely uh, definitely a, a good point. If you actually look back through the draft, which I did recently because I was kind of like, is there anyone I really should have taken over Todd Gurley? We'll kind of get – we'll get into that. Um he was really – I think he might have been the next running back taken. I'm not positive, but it was – he might have been. He might have been the next running back off the board. And I would be a little worried if if I owned David Montgomery right now. I wouldn't panic, wouldn't, wouldn't try to trade him. I don't think you'd get the kind of value that you necessarily want for him. But um, in terms of snaps, um, I'm just trying to pull this up right now. It was – it was pretty bad. I mean, here it is. Okay, so Tara Cohen, 70%. I think most of those were in the slot, but 70%. Mike Davis, 56%. David Montgomery, 38 So, um, I that We did a podcast today. I think it came out amazing. Uh, really, really good podcast. Uh, we had yeah, a funeral uh, for one of our friends on the podcast today. It's fantastic. <laughs> But I, I did say, Matt Nagy said, there's a lot for David Montgomery to learn yet. And he literally said for uh, fantasy owners to kind of uh, cool their brakes a little bit on expecting big things from at least early in the year. He'll kind of build up to it. Yeah, you, you got to believe at some point his carries will increase. But for now, uh, I don't think you can trust him as anything more than a, a flex guy or a guy who's going to give you uh, in the single digits or early teens uh, in terms of points per week, um, subject to change, of course. Out again, Seth, say something. Yeah, did it cut out? Fantastic. Okay, it briefly did. It briefly did second time today. 
Um, I can't. Apparently, I can't pull the Anchor app down. I have all the um, snap percentages in front of me. I, I have them on Instagram, so I was kind of looking at them. But I guess we'll just we'll just leave it at that. I don't want this to happen again. Um, but even team, um, it, it's a good team. It, it's not bad anywhere. It's kind of got a good player at every position. Pretty good bench. Um, he kind of has some guy. I mean, I don't know if you need to have Noah Font again. I don't think you need to have um, Jalen Samuels, but it's a pretty good bench. I think he's got players all around. It just might be missing the game breakers. I think you need, even if you know, run CMC. Even if he had a couple players drop five, McCaffrey put up forty three. Keenan Allen puts up twenty six. Alshon Jeffrey twenty two. I'm not even going to talk about Watkins because. We're not expecting him to do that every week, but um, Ingram, 28. When you have a couple guys like that, uh, McCaffrey by himself really kind of covered like four-plus of his players. Uh, he just really kind of has Kamara, so I think he's got to find at least one more. And he did try earlier in the week. I do want to save some time to talk about the trade that wasn't, but we'll get to that later on. Um, I think for now we'll move on to the next matchup. Um we have here more cowbell, which is the defending champion, Phil, who was actually supposed to be on the podcast today. Kind of like was, was we tipped off a little late here. We didn't tip till like almost 11 o'clock. Can't blame him. Phil, we'll get you on next week for sure. We'll figure something out. But this was actually the best matchup of the week. Uh, Phil versus touchdown my pants. Kind of this team is kind of growing on me a little bit. Stern's team. I like this team. I actually think with a B. If he, if he actually plays, I don't, God knows what's about to happen with that. I think this team might be one of the better teams in the league, if not the best Stearns team. So we'll start with his one on that one. Uh, Dikembe, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, he's got one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player in the NFL. Uh, he didn't even play him, but uh, Phillip Rivers. Uh, you know I'm a huge fan. Uh, I really do like this team. I think it's a pretty complete team. Uh, he's got really – he's got it all. Uh, it just he just came up a little short this week. I, I Diggs wasn't a hundred percent. Rogers was playing a really good defense. If a couple of if they do a little bit more, he wins the week. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it, I mean, yeah, he lost by just under two points. Certainly had a couple guys underperform. I think. Phil kind of did as well, but I don't think quite as much. I mean, obviously Rodgers, you touched upon Diggs. Uh, Nick Chubb, I really I wouldn't expect him to get 11 and a half. I would hope for a little bit more, at least for now, until um, Kareem Hunt comes back. I really would have assumed – I mean, they put up 13 points. If he, if he throws a rushing touchdown in there, Stern wins. If Cleveland's defense doesn't let up 43 and have zero points, he probably wins – Kind of just a tough loss for him, but I would be, and I believe he is, I'd be pretty happy with the team that I have here. He's got good players on the bench. I uh, You know, Tevin Coleman did get hurt, but obviously he's going to play Antonio Brown. Um, that means he can't even play Matt, Michael Gallup, who looked awesome. Crowder looked great. Um, Justin Jackson's just kind of like a nice guy to have, as well as Edo Smith. You're not really sure what could happen with either of the guys in front of them. Um, I like this team. I think I think it might end up being one of the best teams in the league when it's all said and done. It's tough to beat a team with uh, Saquon, Nick Chubb, and Chris Carson at, at the helm for you at running back. It's just kind of like as consistent as you get in terms of just having a nice four. Dikembe, I couldn't agree more. 
I will say this. Uh, Stern is a lot better at compiling a fantasy football team than he is at compiling a hockey team to go compete in the <laughs> the uh, the cancer awareness events because Flip we haven't ball. performed as well as we're capable of. But this team looks really good. One of these years, Stern, we're cutting those nets down, but uh, it wasn't this year. And I I think you did a little bit better of a job putting a team together here. Maybe you maybe you might make a run this year. I will say we end up always not wanting to be in the finals of that league. So in a league where I, I would assume he'd like to make the finals this year, maybe he can make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see with a little passion. Uh, if he demonstrates some passion, we'll see where he ends up. But yeah, I think he's got a pretty good team. A little bit of heart, a little bit of soul to go a long way for you. Touchdown, my pants. Uh, brutal loss. I, I was saying on the other one, I lost two games last year by less than I think like half a point. I know I lost to Phil by point zero eight. These are the kinds of losses that you kind of look back on at the end of the year if you don't make it, which I expect I'm sure he'll get in. But if you don't, you look back and you're like, shit, this was a game I needed. I certainly had one of those last year in our other league. Uh, Mitch Trubisky dropped seven touchdowns on me, but uh, you can only play your opponent in this week. He just just couldn't quite squeak this one out, which um, all the credit to Phil. He, you do what you, you do what you got to do. You got to win. Um, I like Phil's team. I was uh, pretty high on it when I was talking about it last week. Obviously, Russell Wilson, Devontae Adams, Robert Woods. There's really not much to dislike about that. Le'Veon Bell looked fantastic, and I know you love Le'Veon as a uh, Michigan State alumni. Uh, were you ever in a class with him, or you ever saw see him? Uh... I don't. I wasn't in a class with him. I was in a class with a couple of guys uh, on on that, but not as fantasy relevant. But uh, I was in a class with Darquez Denard. He's a cornerback. Yes. Uh, William Golston is a defensive mm-hmm. end. But uh, it, I will say, I do tell this story like, I, and I believe it. Like sometimes you don't have to be an expert to see talent, and so maybe the second or third game of Le'Veon Bell's college career, my roommate and I just turned to each other and we we're just like, that guy is really good. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't that difficult. Something special. Yeah. He was just running guys over. He looked so much bigger, faster and stronger than guys uh, as a freshman. So hmm. we kind of knew that he was going to be really good. It wasn't that hard to see, to be honest. Yeah. And, and here we are some years later, he, he took like 20 months off. Still think he might be the best running back in the league. Although, Obviously, I think Saquad and actually Christian McCaffrey have something to say about that. But if someone said Le'Veon, I would not disagree. Um, Mark Ingram looked really good. Uh, George Kittle had two touchdowns called back, kind of tough, but he got the win anyway. Damian Williams, six rushing yards, I mean, 45 yards in total. The, the, the touchdown kind of saved him on that one. I'm not really sure how I feel there. A.B., I'd expect to hurt Josh Gordon's value a little bit. Metcalf looked pretty good, but I don't know if this is the deepest bench that we have in the league. It's kind of kind of iffy, so he's kind of going to need Damian Williams and, and Josh Gordon to uh, kind of just keep stepping up. Uh, just really Metcalf. I wouldn't play Shady. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that this is the, one of the better benches in this league. Dikembe, De- while we're on this, this matchup, I, uh, I have a question. Um, do you think Antonio Brown is going to play a game? For, I, it's hard for to say. I, he doesn't deserve to. I, I'm like, I said this yesterday. This the man is an embarrassment. I mean, he literally can is barely literate. I like people make fun of Floyd Mayweather, but 
at least he has ghost writers write things for him. Like, please, AB, have, have someone who can speak English, type things out for you, because you just, your kids are going to grow up someday and be like, are you kidding me? I literally don't even understand what you're saying. Is this, is this English? Because it's just, it's embarrassing. He, he yes, he's one of the most talented players in the league, but he really, like, I'm, I'm embarrassed for him, and I don't think he really deserves to play, truthfully, but until I guess that legal process plays out, we all know the Pats are going to play him. Yeah, I, I think they're going to as well. Uh, it's just, it's just pretty mind blowing. Like I'm just, I was just playing it out in my head that if he never plays a game in the NFL again, because I'm assuming if he doesn't play for the Patriots, I'm not sure what team would take a risk on him. Maybe some bottom dwelling team, but let's just say for argument that he doesn't play another game in the NFL. I don't think I could remember. A weird, what would be a weirder end to a career than than what he would have if that were were the case? Yeah, it's it's tough, kind of on the spot to really think. But at the same time, if it's not one that stands out to you immediately, it's probably maybe it could have just been Michael Vick, but he came back. Um, yeah, that was certainly something I don't know if we'll ever see again. I really hope we don't ever see that again. But. I guess he he kind of got a second chance, but I, I don't. I'm honestly at this point, I'm concerned for AB's mental health. I don't. Something's wrong. Yeah, I just don't think grown men should be acting the way he's been acting. So it's it definitely is a little concerning for sure. Yeah, certainly. Um, but yeah, all right. With that, uh, I kind of I went into some detail about how I felt about Dante Pettis. The man actually didn't even get the start last week. Come on, Dante. What what are you doing? Step it up a little bit. I. I Still think you can be a star, Phil. I hope he's a star for you. Um, just apparently not right now. But you, you probably could use it though, because it would certainly be a nice addition to your team. Um, but with that, also in the interest of time, a little bit, we'll move on to the next matchup. We do got our game picks coming up. I do want to talk about the trade that wasn't uh, final matchup of the week. We have the Commish, my team against. Ass eaten season. Who, if I ever call you by this other team name again, so God please smite me because it's a it's a goddamn travesty. But I'll just leave it at that. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll start with that. Um, I guess I'll talk about my team a little bit. I, I like my team. I think it really underperformed. Other than uh, Watson and Hopkins, who was just that was a ton of fun. That was the entire reason I drafted that stack. Um, but other than that. Tyler Boyd was solid, probably what I expect, 14-15. Uh, Todd Gurley, I, it kind of was what I expected in terms of the volume, but really not quite. I thought he'd maybe get a couple more catches. It was mainly the, the goal line looks. I thought he'd get the goal line looks. I didn't draft him to be my RB1, but really didn't catch any passes, didn't get the goal line looks. I'm a little concerned. I'm glad I took Malcolm Brown. I picked him up just before the game started. Um. Excuse me, I got a little burst from the uh, the beer here, but not the greatest content. But um, James Conner, I thought looked, I thought he looked fine. I think that was kind of just a game script thing that the Pittsburgh just absolutely cannot compete with New England ever. Uh, kind of a joke at this point. Uh, they need to change divisions, get get to the other side because God knows they'll never beat Tom Brady. Uh, OJ Howard. Jameis is a train wreck, just an absolute train wreck. You got to wonder how much longer he has left in this league. Um, Fournette, I thought, looked pretty good. Um, kind of what I expected. I think he's going to get more work in the passing game. I think with Minshew in now, um, I, I expect a little bit more even. They kind of, they didn't really, they, they were just losing the whole game, not really the kind of game where you're going to be running, 
on a run into the end zone. Uh, Sterling Shepard got concussed. Not really – can't really complain about that. But uh, on my bench, I'm pretty happy with Fitz. I did cut Marquise Brown, which I am sick about. I'm just sick. I took him in the last round. He did only play like 15 snaps, a little bit of luck, but uh, I'm sick over that. I do like Fitz looked fantastic. Tyrell Williams looked pretty good. Um, I did make a couple changes this week. I had to pick some guys up, but I'm really just waiting for AJ Green to come back. I put up 140. I think I really underperformed. How many players would you look at on my team and say that they met expectations or succeeded, uh, surpassed them? Uh, Dikembe, I would say, I would say you probably only had about two to three guys that did that. Yeah, that's about what I was thinking. I'm not going to complain about uh, Tyler Boyd's 14. I'm kind of hoping for more. I'm expecting more. I did get the win. So next week's going to be an important week. I really want to see what I get out of Gurley. I'm not really concerned about anyone else. That's the one I'm really looking for with that. I was pretty excited about this team, but I think I need a little more out of Todd Gurley if I'm really going to go as far as I'd like to. Dikembe, I don't know if this is a a serious thing anymore or if it's just a running joke, but I, I have you going undefeated in this league. I just I have that. That was my prediction. I'm I'm sticking with it. I have now, you going undefeated in every league though. Yeah, let the record show a year that me and Billy gave up on our team. I talked about it last week. Traded a one three and five for Devontae Freeman. He also had us going undefeated. Uh, we did actually come in fifth place, which was just an absolute disgrace to the other kids in the league. But that's that's <laughs> that's something for another day. Uh, let's just get to ass eating season quick here. Maybe spend a couple minutes on it. Um, like to probably save about at least 10 minutes or, or more for the game pick, and we'll kind of work through that. But uh, what do you think about ass-eating season? Uh, Dikembe, if if he gets uh, – if Melvin Gordon comes back, um, I could get on board with this team. I, I think uh, – I kind of talked about it on my podcast today. Uh, you were on as a guest. Like, if Cam Newton uh, – doesn't play well tomorrow uh, against Tampa Bay, which has like no semblance of defense. Uh, I would just be extremely concerned if I was a fantasy owner or a Panther fan, both. Uh, If he can't get it going against that defense, I think Scott should, should definitely make a change at quarterback. Uh, He only has, it looks like he only has one quarterback on his roster right now, if I'm seeing this correctly. Um, and so uh, Cam Newton just has to be better for him. And then Dikembe, you're very familiar with Devonta Freeman. Okay. Um, I'm I not really sure what week. happened in that game. It 50, felt like 50 split of snaps. 50-50? 50-50. I, I questioned them last week for not drafting Edo Smith. Uh, but, yeah, 50-50. Yeah, that's probably not ideal for Asian season moving forward. But maybe Devonta Freeman – I don't know if they're holding him back because he's been hurt or or if that's what it's going to be. But Maybe game script. Yeah, they could definitely use an uptick in, in Freeman touches. I, I can, could ask Eaton season. And then I think the can be the only other thing, and not that Vance McDonald is bad or anything, not that he was a bad pick. I think he's a pretty good player. But this guy, Hawkinson, looks like the real deal. Yeah, stud. I, I'm just – I think – I think maybe he makes that switch if I was uh, if I was him, and and that's not disrespecting Vance McDonald. I think McDonald probably has a role on this team at some point, 
either at flex or somewhere, but it's just difficult. Like Hawkinson in his first ever game went for 25 points. Yeah. Uh, he looked fantastic. I, I do. I do like this team. He's got a good bench. Uh, not even, you know, not even just looking at this year, but to draft Devin Singletary and TJ Hawkinson that late, he, he drafted Melvin Gordon and whatever round, I'm sure in fifth, sixth round, that's obviously a keeper. There's a team to actually look at just going forward as they got some nice um, keepers on this team as well as this could be a team that um, competes now, but they they really need Devontae Freeman to uh, wake up a little bit here because if he doesn't, Sony Michelle hit 14 rush yards. Uh, I don't know. I, I've been benching Devontae Freeman in our league. I, I don't feel comfortable playing him, and um, I don't know. I I, really, I think they need to get something out of that because I don't know that you're going to rely. I love Josh Jacobs. We have him, but I don't know if you can rely on 25 a week. Um, I do like this team, but I'm not quite as high on it as I was before we kind of saw the production that they got from some of the guys. Kirk didn't look great. I think Codwin will be a lot better. Um, we'll see what happens with Singletary. He actually looked awesome. He could certainly play his way in. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't expect them to drop 120 every week. But there's certain, certainly some question marks here. But Scott's partner clearly is knowledgeable about fantasy football. I, I'm Sure, they'll be competitive. I think this will be a good team when it's all said and done. And uh, I think with that, we're just going to move on to the game picks. We'll try probably try and spend about – we'll make it quick, maybe about two minutes per uh, game pick here. Maybe we'll just say uh, quickly what we like about each team. Just make a quick pick. Uh, we'll start with feeling good. Uh, Foster's team is actually playing the your team, Seth's perfect team. Um, who do you like in this one? Uh, Dikembe, it's a it's a tough call. If I'm picking with my my head, I'll probably take Moff's team to win. I I just Patrick Mahomes is playing at Oakland. He could have 30 points by the time that game reaches halftime. But uh, you know, I don't always pick games with my head, and so I'm gonna take my team to win. It's it's partly with heart. I want my team to win. It's part out of necessity. But I I think. Um, I think I'm going to somehow get some weird production out of a, out of some players that I'm not really expecting. Just on a hunch, I, I can't even predict the guys, but I think like outside of my top few players, maybe like Ezekiel Elliott, Carrion, and Matt Ryan, and Hilton, like I think a couple guys outside of those few are going to have big weeks. I'm, I'm not even going to make a prediction as to who. There's still leaves a handful of players on my team, but I think one or two of those guys kind of, surprise everybody this week and i think i find a way to squeak by lmno Moffle. <laughs> i would have to agree with that one i think uh you're projected a little low i think i'm sure by the time the see the week starts uh mclaurin will be uh projected some more points i think dd more uh, mark andrews low as uh, pretty low right now um i just think to be projected almost 20 from kenyon drake and royce freeman might be a little uh, ambitious there. I, I probably think Zeke's going to outscore both of them. Maybe it could be a close matchup, maybe closer than we think, but I think I'm going to take uh, – I'm sorry, Foster. I'm going to take the perfect team in this one. That's huge, Dikembe. My team is perfect. Perfect. I think we're going to have two 1-0 teams after – sorry, 1-1 one one teams after this. 
Um, which leads me to the next one where there's going to be one 2-0 and o team and one 1-1 one and one team. Shake and bake first versus second. Um, this is going to be a really good matchup. I I like Run CMC a little bit more in this one. I think more firepower. I think Mateo maybe got a little um, lucky. I think it's a good team, but I you can't expect Eckler to put up almost 40. I don't think Derrick Henry is going to score quite as much. Um, I think Run CMC has another big week and uh, takes down Shake and Bake in this one. What do you think? The Kembe, I couldn't agree more with that. And uh, I, I got to say this. I know he looked pretty good maybe in week one, but I would not start Marcus Mariota uh, really under any circumstance in a one-quarterback league. Yeah, I, wow, I think, over Mayfield. I, I just think you can do better than that. And, and uh, Mateo had a good first week. Uh, I never met him in person. Uh, from all accounts, he seems like a great guy, but uh, he's too good of a guy to be starting Marcus Mariota. Uh, I don't even know. Like, I don't even care who Tennessee's playing. I'm looking, and most quarterbacks, I would say, throw the ball more than 24 times a game. Uh, he was obviously, he threw three touchdowns, but yeah, I, I just wouldn't wouldn't start Marcus Mariota. But yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think... Run CMC just has probably the best team in this league right now. Not yeah. to say Shake and Bake isn't a promising team. I we talked about it. Like we both really like his team. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked by any stretch of the imagination if you told me Shake and Bake was going to win this week. I'm just not going to predict it. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, I, I actually said I thought Mar- Mar- Marcus Mariota was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league outside of the Dolphins situation. So I'm a little surprised there, but um, that he's benching Mayfield, but we'll see. He had a nice week one. Um, and we'll, we'll lead that into week two where actually this is one of the closest projected matchups I've ever seen. 149.16 to 149.22. Uh, who do you like in this one? Dikembe, uh, I just feel like touchdown my pants and Michael Stern are destined to lose another one in heartbreaking fashion. I have no real reason outside of the fact that I just have that feeling. Um, I don't, I couldn't really give you like a specific instance, a player, a, a reason. Uh, it's just a hunch. Uh, I think Ian is going to find a way to win this week. Um, I, I just, I, I think Lamar Jackson is, is an intriguing player. I think he's shown some interesting things. Like, Dikembe, do you think he's a guy who's going to end up being, like, amazing? Like, he, he looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, at least at the least for fantasy, which I guess is really all that matters right now, he looks like a star. I mean, look, you kind of look at Deshaun Watson from uh, last week. I could see it. That's exactly what I expect from him. Just kind of, like, it can really do it all. Probably a better runner than Deshaun maybe not as good of a passer but I, I would expect it kind of to even itself out I think that was a steal for him I'm actually excited to see this game against Arizona because it's kind of like the new wave of quarterbacks here uh, Lamar versus uh, Kyle, Kyler Murray and I think this is a really good matchup of two teams but I wouldn't be surprised if the difference maker ends up being Matt Breda versus Nick Chubb there uh, at the bottom it's tough to say you're going to get out of Duke Johnson. I think, I think Stern just got a little more at running back. I, I'm going to take Stern in a very close one, but uh, 
yeah, I'm just, I just I don't necessarily have much of a reason. I'm just gonna pick Meek. I'm gonna go with you. My we're in the fantasy finals and baseball still fantasy baseball season for us. Um, get get yourself a win this week on Sunday. Get yourself two wins. So um, that's really my only reason for that one. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Meek's team is is a better team overall, but I'm I'm just not picking him in this week for some. Yeah, sometimes you just got to go with your gut. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna take Ian. Um, as for the next one, another really good matchup. We got Scott Ass Eaton Season versus Billy. Two really good teams. Uh, Billy is a slight favorite, but I think it comes down to this. Uh, if Joe Mixon plays and is solid, I think Billy wins because I'm not expecting that much out of Devontae Freeman, which kills me. Really does. Again, I'm not playing him this week. I, re- I was really open for big things, but I think it might be tough if if Mixon plays in his plays well for him to really he's gonna have to make up other points on that team with David Johnson and Joe Mixon potentially putting up some uh, nice distance there. Flex wise, I kind of like what Billy has there a little more. We'll see with Aaron Jones. Um, they have they certainly have a better uh, wide receiver duo by by a bit. I'd rather have Cooper than Landry but I'm a little iffy on a Thursday night game with Cam Newton as well as he has Godwin on Thursday night. So I'm going to take Billy in a, in a very close one. Dikembe, I can't disagree with that. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, again, like, it's pretty crazy because we just looked at the last matchup, which was, like, out of control close. I'm not sure I've ever seen a matchup projected to be that close. Like, what was that, like, .06 points or something? Yeah. Um, this is a really close projection, too. I mean... This is under within three points of each other. Um, so, again, yeah, this could go either way. Uh, I like the okay team to win. Um, uh, the thing I actually look for in this one, Dikembe, and I think it's underrated. Um, Projection-wise, it looks pretty close, but for some reason, well, there is a reason, but I could see the Baltimore defense having a defensive touchdown this week. It, it feels like... They yes. were playing. They are really good, and they're playing at home. And it's a rookie court. It just feels like the stars are aligning for Baltimore to do something on defense for the OK team. And sometimes that that's the difference. That yeah. sometimes that is the difference. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking a little bit ahead here onto this next matchup, which is actually my team versus Phil. And Phil has New England against Miami, and that's certainly something I'd be um, a little concerned about. As obviously I'm playing Phil. That team is a train wreck. It's tough to lose on a week where their defense puts up 20-something, and uh, that ends up being the difference maker, Um, which is actually why I am going to take Phil to win this one because I just – my gut tells me New England is just going to kill me. I'm going to have to make up like 20 points somewhere else, and Phil's got a good team. He he really does. There's not a lot of holes. I don't think Damian Williams needs a ton of volume to at least be solid. That 13-point projection, uh, I don't really think he needs a lot of volume to get that. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Le'Veon killed me. Um, I like his team. I think it's it's certainly really solid. I might make a change at kicker, probably make a change at kicker, maybe at defense, but I don't really know that that's going to be much of an X factor. Dikembe, I, I got to preface this by saying I – I love Phil's team. I think it's a really good team. I so much as mentioned so earlier in this this podcast, but I have you going undefeated, and it would be difficult for me to pick Phil in week two to beat you. 
Uh, if I have you going undefeated, those are kind of conflicting things. Uh, so my hand is forced here. I'm taking your team to win. Uh, I'm going to provide some reasoning outside of that. Uh, I think I think the guy that you put into the lineup, Ty Williams, is going to be a pretty big difference this week. I think I've mentioned it on my podcast. I don't see a scenario in which Kansas City doesn't blow them out of the water. I, I think Kansas City is going to just whoop them. I think Oakland was playing uh, on that Antonio Brown debacle kind of momentum where they just they played better than they really are. And I expect Kansas City to win that game pretty big. So I expect Oakland throwing the ball a lot, and I think Ty Williams is going to do some some work in the in the second half of a blowout. I would um, agree. That's what I'm hoping for. I think that's my best chance actually right there is to get wide receiver one production out of him. Um, I like my receivers. I think that's that's really my best chance. I'm going to have to make a point somewhere because, like I said, I think New England's really just going to go off. So. It's kind of got to be at flex where I think I could have that chance. I mean, I, I would rather have Fournette, um, really no competition compared to Williams. Uh, if, if AB plays, it might be tougher for Gordon. But I do think Phil wins in a close one. And uh, I think that will close us out there for our game picks. Uh, Seth, how much time do we have left on this podcast? Uh, I usually stop it at an hour because you got to start a new a new recording if we go over. So I usually cut it at, at an hour flat. So what does like it say? And a half minutes. Okay. Cause uh, the last time I clicked it, uh, my volume cut out again. So I don't want to do that. We have what, two minutes. Yeah. Two and a half minutes or so. Okay, perfect. So we're going to talk about the trade. I don't know if you saw it. Um, yeah. Break it, it down a, for me to Kim. It was a fiasco. I mean, I was actually in the middle of doing a podcast the last one I was doing, um, when I saw the AB trade went down, is right at the end there. You can get my genuine reaction to it at like the 56 minute mark. I was like scrambling to kind of like see what the new teams were going to look like after that trade. Um, so originally, I Stern asked me if he should do that trade Ridley for AB, and I said it was it was a pretty decent offer. It was hard to say at the time what was going to happen with AB. Um, I said to consider it, but I wasn't sure. And I do know he said he was not going to accept it uh, on that day. He was going to worry about it the next day. And then next thing I know, he actually texts me saying to veto the trade that um, Dorfman accepted it for him. And keep in mind, this is like with literally like a minute left in the podcast. I scramble. I'm looking at I see that there's a pending trade. It actually had been, had been pending for a couple hours. I didn't notice it. Um, Dorfman did accept that trade for him. He texted me and, uh, confirmed it for me, but Stern did wait a couple hours. It was kind of like, I could see both their sides. Obviously if I was Stern, I'd be pissed that someone accepted it for me, but also on Ian's side, um, I'd be like, why did you, uh, why'd you wait three plus hours to say something? So it was kind of like, there was a no win there for me. I couldn't really do right. Um, by them, by them both. I will say I'm glad this is kind of just like a friendly league. They both were really good about it. Um, no one like really made it complicated. Stern told me he wanted no drama to just uh, have me put it through, but um, I also didn't want to just put a trade through because he didn't want to have drama. Um, it, it it was really just a tough situation. Um, uh, Ian also was great about it. He was really like I'm pretty sure he was fishing at the time. Um, Obviously, he was a little disappointed, but he was also kind of iffy on it. He obviously, I'm sure he wanted AB, but he wasn't. 
I guess he's not really sure how he feels about it, especially as someone who has Edelman. Probably didn't want to start two guys on the Pats at wide receiver. So it kind of just ended up working out where they both kind of just um, let me veto it. I know Phil was also saying I should veto it. It was a tough situation. Kind of did the best I could with that one. Yeah, Dikembe, I, I love that. And I also just noticed that we went over the hour plateau. It used to cut you off. That's huge that it didn't. I did um, notice that today. We went an hour and one minutes. Yeah, that's huge. That's in one massive. second, sorry. I, I don't know if it'll send in two separate segments or not. Maybe they updated it since last season. But last season, I've gone over the uh, the hour mark, and I was cut off, uh, which is really disheartening. But uh, Dikembe... Uh, you are the best commissioner that this league's ever seen. I think <laughs> the only thing I think uh, that should change is your team name from Roger Goodell. Because I think I'm trying to think. Paul, I think you should make it Paul Tagliabue. You were going to be in for Halloween that one year. Yes, I was going to put on the. Uh, I was going to wear a nice suit and put a uh, "I am Paul Tagliabue" sticker on. Uh, would have been fantastic, but now you know it's a little more fitting this year. Maybe I will do it if some people in the league want to go out this year for Halloween. I will be Paul Tagliabue. Uh, I gotta look uh, what he looks like. I don't know. Maybe I gotta like break out a mustache or something. But um, I don't. I don't know. It's. I feel like that's one of those costumes where some drunk kid is out and he he sees my costume. He's like, I respect the fuck out of that. You're Paul Tagliabue. Maybe strikes up a conversation to even want to know why I would want to be Paul Tagliabue, but he's kind of the last good commissioner the NFL's had. You probably have to wear one of those like eighty suits where they have like the darker brown jacket, but with like with the tan pants, and then like no tie and like a, just a plain white shirt, and then they have like the uh, those glasses with the huge lenses. Probably. Yes, like, I'm looking know, like, him up right now. Like a, a computer company or something, but you, you know what those glasses are. Yeah. Um... Like the Bill Gates glasses. I think I could probably swing this. I'd have to kind of like, I have to put my hair back a little bit. I think we could make that happen. Um, maybe I will be Paul Tagliabue this year. Phil, co-commissioner, if you want to be Roger Goodell, let's make it happen. I think that would be fantastic. We could get two commissioners out there. Probably some of the weirder uh, Halloween costumes anyone would ever see. I don't know anyone that's ever wanted to be Paul Tagliabue. I'm sure there's been Roger Goodell, but... Um, I think that'd be pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see. We got a little bit of time. We'll see how the league feels about a Paul Tagliabue Halloween costume. I am excited for the league punishment this year. Um, I think that jersey is going to be pretty funny. I am excited to see someone wear it while they have to walk a uh, 5K while eating cereal. Thank you, Billy. And uh, it's always sunny for that one. I will say... I don't want to. I do not want to do this. But whoever comes in last, if you feel comfortable with me walking with you during it, I will walk with you. I am not going to wear a suit or anything. You do have a choice. You can wear the jersey if we get it in time, or you got to wear a suit. And I'm not going to eat the cereal, but I will walk with you. I hope as many people as possible can make it to the 5K. I want taunts raining down from the sky on this one as much as we can possibly get um, just enough that we're not kicked out for being rowdy, but also and it's feeling it and the other people walk in are like, what did this kid do? So I'm excited. Dikembe, I, I would wear the suit. I, I would be a suit guy in a 5k. I think it's ironic and, and frankly, uh, 
And frankly, I just think, you know, how many people have you seen wear a suit to a 5K? It's no, really nobody. Like, I'm sure there's been a guy wearing a jersey, even Scott, even if it's got a funny name on the back, but, but a suit, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. And you can come up with some wild backstory, like you were at a job interview before this, you forgot you were running in the 5K, you didn't bring a chain, you know, something like that, like. That's probably the, the I like that because you're gonna get questions. People are gonna be like, "What are you doing? Why?" But I don't know how you explain the cereal, which um, the league winner gets to choose the cereal. I, you gotta eat the entire bowl. It's gonna be a big bowl. I don't. I really can't imagine having to eat a bowl of cereal with milk in it on like what I imagine would be a summer day. I don't really think they're running five uh, k's in the middle of winter. So I don't know that it's, it's going to be interesting. You got to eat the cereal while you're walking. You can't stand there and eat. You can't get to the finish line and just finish it and then walk in. Um, I think it's going to be funny. I'm excited. Like I said, actually on the last podcast, everyone was great with uh, getting all this punishment shit done with, you know, how hard it's been in our other league. We still didn't do it. It's been like three years. Um, So hands off to everybody in this league for that one. Hats off, not your hands off. Keep keep your hands on. Uh, hats, take your hats off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm almost done with this second beer, so I, I'm with you there on the the hands. I hats just off. took my last sip of the Steel Reserve, which is maybe why I just suggested to take people's hands off. Um, maybe with that, we'll uh, end this podcast. Seth, it was an honor to have you on. Um, I love the podcast you do. Dikembe, I just, I just hope you remember us when this podcast blows up and you're on like Ellen DeGeneres' show or something talking about this. This is gonna, this is gonna be worldwide. I, I guarantee you, I will. When she asks me how I got started, I'll play your first podcast. I'll be like, this is where it, I'll play the funeral podcast because I want the community <laughs> to know. Um, just quickly, a kid in our league already declared his season over. Uh, we played the Undertaker music for him. We had a funeral for him on the podcast. Um, it was, it was touching. It was just, it's a little sad, you know, it's tough to lose a friend like that, but, um, that's on him. So, yeah, you uh, don't like laying a, a team to rest in week two, but you know, it just had to be done. It really is what it is. And, uh, with that, it's been an honor to do this podcast with you. Um, I'm your host, Dikembe. Um, next week we should have Phil on for the week three recap and some game picks. Maybe I'll try and manage the time a little bit better. Uh, Phil, looking forward to have you on. But uh, with that, I'm going to close it out. Thank you for listening. Interception. The commission of the More Taste League. Bingo. You fellows have gotten your hands on some non-sanctioned light beer. There was a big, shiny display. The league only recognizes light beer with more taste and the scant 3.2 grams of carbs. That's the yin and the yang, the bottom and the bang of light beer. Yes. So which beers are league approved? Beer, singular, Miller Lite. Commission's wise. Amen! The official beer of the More Taste League. Miller Lite. Great taste, less filling. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to the Derek Zoolander Keeper League for kids who can't read good and want to do other stuff good too podcast uh, sponsored by Miller Lite, our new official sponsor of the league. Um, This is a special podcast. I have our co-commissioner on the podcast today. Uh, Phil, it's an honor to have you on. Akembe, it is an actual honor to be here. You know, I'm sure you don't want to have me here after mopping the floor with you last week. I love it. But I'm here. I'm I'm ready to, you know, speak my mind because some of these kids in this league are 
garbage. Hot garbage. And we got to get down to the bottom of it. I'm pretty sure Helen Keller drafted Ian's team, which is fine. Um, and I'm pretty sure Scott had to use uh, a co-captain because he doesn't know shit about fantasy football. Phil, I like so, that. Uh, came in with happy a... to be here. Sorry, uh, you came in there with a hot take. I really like that, uh, holding nothing back early on. Um, I would agree with that, though. It's uh, yeah. I, It honestly might have been Helen Keller that drafted uh, Mateo's team. I'm certainly Helen Keller drafted Foster's team last year. Uh, I might have to start going to her for fantasy advice because it seems like she knows what she's doing. Yeah, no, I was more referencing the Helen Keller to Ian's team. Ian's team. Interesting. Meaning, it's terrible, but it could have a come up. You know how eventually Helen Keller, she started to read, you know, after working with uh, that lady? Yes. So I'm thinking Ian's team is eventually, you know, the 0-2 start. It's going to begin reading, just like Helen Keller did, and it's going to start doing better. But as for right now, Helen Keller has drafted the team. You know what? I kind of like that take even more, actually. Uh, Ian, I, you, you get your chance to respond to that one if you ever want to come on the podcast. But uh, I think you might have to change your team name to Helen Keller's team. I guess, I mean, he has a million team names. I, I certainly don't see why that probably wouldn't would be one of the better ones that he's actually had. Um, Agreed. But with that, uh, I just wanted to say one or two things before we started this podcast. Uh, we'll get into the recaps. We'll make some picks. Uh, really happy to have you on this week. Took us a, a little bit to get you on, but we did it. Um, so this podcast been going for only a couple weeks right now. I did maybe two last year. Uh, I'm very happy that people want to be on it. If anyone else wants to be on it, we already got we got. Scott wants to be on next week, uh, which is certainly going to be interesting. Wants to be on it, but doesn't listen. Yes. Uh, Scott, if you don't listen to this podcast, I don't know that you get to be on next week. Apparently, you only listen for five minutes at a time. So I think maybe I would give you five minutes on the podcast, and that's all that you get. However long you choose to listen to this one is the amount that you get. Maybe if your co-commissioner wants to come on and kind of just like pick up where you left off since that's kind of how the draft went anyway. He just kind of picked up the garbage team that you left him with last year. Um, That's certainly fine, Evan. This one, I guess, is just personally addressed to you. You're welcome on the podcast for the remaining 55 minutes that Scott doesn't fill. Uh, We got Foster, I believe, next week, which is going to be an interesting one. And then after that, anyone that wants to be on, uh, text me. Let me know. I'll reserve your spot because apparently uh, content spots on this podcast are filling up fast. Um, Secondly... I was telling Phil a little bit about this before. Uh, Some people in this league are already familiar with it. Seth and Billy in another league that we do, the Keeper League, that kind of, I guess, inspired this one. We have Rivalry Week. And uh, some of the rivalries are a little bit forced. Uh, I was kind of, I tried to set that up this year. I didn't know what would be good rivalries for, I had a couple that I thought might be nice. Uh, Phil, I thought you and Foster might be a nice one, but now all of a sudden I feel like you got three rivals. Um, so I don't know, that one might be, you might have three rivalry, rivalry weeks just by yourself, but, uh, 
in our other league, we kind of just recently started really fucking with each other for Rivalry Week, which is what I'd like to get out of this league. Um, Billy and I are partners in that league. Uh, one of our friends, Ian Schwartz, started kind of last year. We sent him just very friendly, a bag of gummy dicks, black dicks, actually, which were 20% bigger than the regular size dicks and a little more expensive. <laughs> and that's a fact. They were 20% bigger and more expensive. Uh, we sent him those. He completely did not see it coming. He came home from Thanksgiving vacation, checked his mailbox, and there was a gift from uh, TMC, which is what we call ourselves, uh, with a bag of black dicks. So... He responded by sending us back, a, or me, I should say, because he got my address, uh, a bag of cow shit, a literal bag of cow shit. And I don't really know why I did this because I knew who sent it to me, but it did say in the shit, uh, there was a little card that said, take this card out to see who sent you the bag. So I did it. Wow. I knew who sent me the bag. I did it. And all it said on the back was basically that I got played. It actually didn't even give me a name. So So are you saying you stuck your hand in a bag of shit just so you could read who sent you the bag of shit? Yes. And I already knew who sent it to me. Double whammy. Yeah. It was, um, you know what, but I went for it. That's kind of like what I liked about the, you got to be, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. I uh, thought it was pretty funny that he did it. I actually recorded myself even opening it because I was kind of expecting that it was coming. Um, so that lead up was kind of just to this season. Our rivalry week was actually week three this year. I don't know why it's so early. Me and Billy were kind of scrambling. Uh, we sent him two things. We sent him a brick like a literal brick in the mail. There's no packaging or anything. It's just a brick with his address and a and a note from us. So we don't know when that's coming. There was no uh, tracking information. It could come this week. It could come next week. It could come next year. At some point, Ian is going to get a brick in the mail from Team Mason Crosby, which has been our team name for the last 10 years. Um, hence the TMC. But today, uh, I actually just also sent him a response, which I took a video of. I sent him in a box. I First of all, I went outside. I got some fresh um, Tucker Left, which is my dog, dog shit. Picked it up, put it in a bag, uh, went to 7-Eleven, bought some bread. I bought some hot fudge, which I thought was really fitting. I uh, put the hot fudge in some bubble wrap. I brought some gloves. I used the gloves, took the shit out of the bag, put it onto the bread, and then made a turd sandwich, and then wrapped that in tinfoil, and sent that to Ian with uh, the hot fudge and a fork and knife, because I don't really know how he plans on eating that, but I kind of covered my bases. And then uh, a little note on top of it all that says... uh, Basically, that he's going to need all the strength he could get this week, dot, 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 eat up, love always, Team Mason Crosby. Um, I sent that overnight shipping, so he's going to get that tomorrow. I'm uh, I'm really excited about that one. Uh, I don't know if he sent us anything this week, but that long story was basically just saying, I'd like to get that done for this league. You don't have to send each other shit. Maybe we could be a little more humane. No, we do. uh, If you would like to, if you want to go a step further, uh, there's certainly, me and Billy saw a lot of shit. I almost sent him a dead rabbit carcass, but I thought that was crossing the line a little bit. Um, Extreme. But 
you can buy that online. Uh, I almost bought him deer piss, shipped him deer piss. I don't know. You guys get creative. We could figure that out next year. Uh, if everyone wants to do rivalry week, we could figure out some rivals. Uh, maybe make your own over the course of the season. Like Phil just made two instantly on this podcast. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how the season goes. We'll try to make some rivals. If we get a good amount of rivalries, we'll do it. If not, I don't want to force. You know, if there's like two We're rivalries. You want to, we could force them. I mean, me and me, Ian and Billy are not rivals. There was really no reason for our rivalry, but it became one. That was actually how we, why we decided to send him the gummies was because the gummy dicks, I should say, was because we literally had no reason to be rivals, and we kind of just felt like we should be rivals. And now it's one of the better ones in this league. So you know what? Fuck it. We're gonna force it. Whatever we gotta do. Uh, rivalry week next year. We'll figure that out. Uh, maybe you can start planning ahead of time uh, what you want to send your your frenemies. But uh, with that, we're going to get into the recap of last week's games. Phil, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Do you have a matchup you want to start out with here? I mean, like, let's start off with the top of the list. Who was the first team we had? Right? For me, yeah. I have... Well, I have our matchup as the first one, if you want to start with that. As do I. As do I. Okay, I mean, we like, could... We'll start with that. I beat you, so... You uh, mopped the floor with me there. Uh, I will say I completely predicted that New England uh, massacre. Um, it actually decided our matchup, um, which... 100%. Uh, my team didn't perform. I didn't deserve to win that week. You, your team was certainly better than mine. But you did outscore my defense by 32, which I don't think you see that one too often. I can really only give you props for for that one. Um, anything else you kind of want to say story. about that matchup? Yeah, funny story about that New England ad. Ian, very angrily, called me up telling me he had a bid for New England that was $3 as well. But... I guess I had waiver priority, got that scoop, got the W. I mean, like, Ian prides himself on coach of the year. That's coach of the year material, Dikembe. Would you not agree? I absolutely would agree because we'll certainly get to Ian's team, but that is an 0-2 team that, let me just make sure. Yes, Ian lost by less than two points. I feel fairly confident Ian puts in an extra dollar. Ian's looking at a one and one team and uh, is maybe not facing having to do a 5K in a suit while eating cereal this year, uh, while right now he is. So, yeah, Phil, that's why you're the co commish. Um, 39 points out of your defense. That is a coaching move right there. And that's all I had to say about that one real quick. Okay, yeah, we'll kinda, we could kind of keep that this one a little bit light. I mean, O.J. Howard didn't even get a, a target. I'm kind of sick over that one. I thought he was going to be thought he was gonna be solid in the 13th round. I don't even know. It's not even worth a 13th round pick if you're redrafting right now. I could have kept Cooper Cup. Um, I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not crazy concerned about my team, but that certainly was not. Uh, helpful. My team wasn't bad. It wasn't really good. No one, no one really did anything except Tyler Boyd. It was kind of both of our teams. We really, you had the two best players in the matchup outside of um, the defense. Obviously, Dak Prescott, amazing. Uh, do you draft him? I did not. I actually just scooped him last week. That was a hell of a pickup. He's been absolutely killing it. Um, Twenty-eight points for you. 
Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I, I was actually pretty impressed that he ended up with 21 points. The Jets were a shit show last week with all those quarterbacks. Um, so it, it, you kind of just had a three-headed monster of Dak, Le'Veon, and New England, and that got you 145. So I expect uh, much bigger things from this team, honestly, having gotten 145 on a week where I think you'd agree. You'd probably were pretty disappointed with most of your uh, players, Robert Woods, Ingram, 100%. Kittle. Um so I would take that as a good sign for your team. Uh, as for my team, kind of just a lot of average players. I, I think if I maybe get if I get twelve from OJ Howard, I, I got one thirty. It was kind of mediocre. Um, also, you know, you have D Hop. D Hop, that's a pedestrian day. For yes, yeah. easy eighteen minimum on a normal day for D Hop. You get that out of them. That would have helped you. The O.J. Howard thing, that's ridiculous. I don't think that happens ever again for you. Um, but outside of that, then the matchup would have been r- ridiculously close. Yeah, I thought uh, going into this matchup, I thought, I think I said on the podcast last week, I thought this was going to be a close one, uh, but that the defense was going to decide it. And I guess it did in a way, because I think both of our teams kind of underperformed and New England, I'm actually not positive, but they might have been the highest scoring player of anyone in the week so i guess we'll see as we go but i don't think anyone had more than 39 no yeah i believe you're correct on that which i can't think of the last time the highest scoring output of a week was a defense so again ian maybe you want a defense next time you maybe put in a little extra money uh because that one certainly cost you um yeah we're gonna consider that a cheap jew move on ian's part yes ian a three dollars Ah, you fucked yourself with that one. But with that, we'll go to the next matchup. I got ass-eating season 2.0. I don't think you need the 2.0, Scott, by the way. You're just ass-eating season to all of us except for you. You never stopped being ass-eating season. So I don't think the 2.0 is necessary. But um, if you want to rebrand yourself, uh, that's fine. As long as ass-eating season is back and here to stay, um, that, that makes me happy. I think it makes us all happy. Don't Don't ever change it. Don't. Please. I forced him to get that back. You know what? Because here's another thing. He didn't listen to the last podcast. So I had to tell him, you know, Kamish is really upset with this last name change. You know, you were the heart and soul. We need this change right away. He thought about it. You got the name changed to Kembe. Wow. That's why you're the co-commissioner, Phil. Getting st- stuff done in this league, I was, I was devastated. I actually called him by his other team name just kind of off reading it and I literally I felt like my stomach drop I felt sick to my stomach after the podcast I actually went and threw up because I kind of held myself together for a little bit but that was I don't even want to relive that we're just going to move on from that Scott don't don't ever bring it back Phil thank you for stepping up for the league uh doing us all a favor on that one um with that we're going to start with the okay team because uh i don't even want to scott start with you after uh hearing that you don't listen to the podcast scott so uh any thoughts here on the okay team before we go over to ass eating season i mean unfortunately he lost the legend breeze that's he really can't rebound from that um once that happened he knew he wasn't getting a win that week um and it was unfortunate for him and scott i mean he put up a 113 so billy would have easily handled that team with drew breeze in um, it would have been close, but also Prater putting up a zero. The guy missed so many field goals that game. Um, I'm sure Billy was sick to his stomach with that. Oh, you don't even know because me and Billy started Prater in our other league, 
and he got us negative two points, and we lost by five. So wow. had he made that extra point in the field goal, we actually would have won. We'd be 2-0, and oh, but uh, it was not in the cards, got us negative points. So, yeah, you, you don't even know how bad that is. He actually put a waiver in for another kicker because it made him sick to look at Prater on the team. We'll see if he still has him when we get to the upcoming matchups. I'd like to think he's gone, but... Yeah, Billy's team was uh, okay. I think he's a little concerned that he's going to get fined this year. I don't think it's that bad a team. Uh, David Johnson, uh, Joe Mixon's kind of struggling, but he's yeah, got that line is atrocious. Yeah, it really is. Um, I thought he was going to catch more passes because that team was just going to be down all the time. But I guess he got hurt. Well, so now it's kind of even tough to say. Um, I don't know. It's an okay team. Uh, actually, as I say that, that's it's literally his team name. Yeah, it's just an okay team that was not like a play on words. Or it's an okay team, Billy. Uh, I think you got some room to improve. A lot of your players underperformed, but you know that. So, eighty-seven points. That's not going to cut it for you, Will. Uh, Will is the wild card of this league. Obviously, he has to replace Drew Brees. That's going to be a tough one. But with that, we'll move over to ass eating season. Um, this was a pretty good team. There's there's a lot to like. There's some interesting players. Uh, TJ Hawkinson going from, what, like 25 to 1. That was certainly interesting. Cam looks like he's probably not going to play. Um, Very disappointing. He had, a, he had a decent week. I don't think Devontae Freeman's that good, and that pains me because I have him. Um, it was just an average week. Uh, you got any thoughts on Scott? Uh, sorry, ass eating season last yeah, week? Yeah, let's not even call him by his name. He doesn't deserve no. it. But, um, I mean, like... They actually been trying to steal Russell Wilson away from me the last couple of weeks. I've been getting some condescending comments from his co-captain of the team, Evan. So now I'm not going to give them Russell Wilson. And I'm just going to stomp them out. But um, I do think losing Breeze, you know, as Michael Thomas's quarterback, it's going to cost them. Um, I know Scott and Evan were saying they think the targets are going to be there. They will. I don't think uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill is going to be hitting Thomas for any touchdowns anytime soon. Um, outside of that, Josh Jacobs might have made out with uh, Sam Darnold and got mono. He's dropped 10 pounds in the last week. Yes. So that's a bad hit for them. Um, and, I mean, like, their team, when you see it, it's good. Once they get Melvin Gordon back, it's a team to be afraid of. But right now, it's meh. Yeah, it's uh, they got some interesting pieces. It's not overly terrifying they actually have a pretty good bench if you look at the bench from last week it was pretty solid uh but i don't know it's it was the team didn't perform great i like what you said about michael thomas he did get some targets from uh uh teddy bridgewater but they're good they're like seven yard targets when you get 10 catches for 89 yards that's probably I don't know if he catches 10 passes a game with Bridgewater in, but if he does, I guess that's what he's going to be looking at, like 10 for 75. They're not going to be uh, deep passes for sure, probably not a lot of scores. Certainly, I you can't say he didn't take a hit, like you said. Um, they just had an interesting week. I, I would assume this team goes up a little bit. You got two from your tight end, but I would be worried about Devontae Freeman, as I certainly am, as me and Billy have him in our league. Um, this wasn't really an exciting matchup, actually, maybe the worst matchup of the week, and we had two great ones, uh, actually, in this league, which I believe we have coming up, so with that, we'll, we'll segue on to the next one, um, uh, 
yeah, so the next one, Monty P's Holy Cup for uh, God knows how long Ian keeps that team name for. I'd like to see the Helen Keller team name change. Uh, touchdown, my I'd pants. Um, this was a great matchup. This was a great matchup. Came down to literally like the last couple minutes. I think maybe the last, yeah, the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter there with Nick Chubb. Uh, what did you think of this one? I thought it was interesting. I knew Ian, I saw a comment in the group. Mateo was talking about, was it uh, Cleveland's defense was keeping Ian alive? And then all of a sudden it just disappeared for him real quick. I thought it was a great matchup. I think Stern has the way superior team in this. So Agreed. the fact that they were close in this, you know, Njoku getting his head broken and then mm-hmm. wrist. I actually lost him in the league as well. So that's disappointing for Stern. That made it close. Um, but Stern's team is just loaded. I mean, Diggs had a touchdown overturned as well. Diggs should have had like a 25-point day easy. Um, so Ian was lucky to even be in the same atmosphere as this team. I like that take. Uh, Stern, a lot has happened with Stern over the last week or two um, with the whole Antonio Brown trade. That wasn't. That was a fiasco. Um him and I actually just won our Fantasy Baseball League Championship. Fuck yeah, Stern. That was a hell of a fucking win. We actually tied in the thank you. We tied in the finals. We had the tiebreaker. We literally won on the last game, uh, Sunday night baseball. So literally like the last game, it could have came down to either way. We ended up winning. That was a big win. Stern pulls out a miracle win. I shouldn't say miracle win over Ian, but uh, it was definitely interesting there when he lost in Joku. He is the way better team. I keep saying this about uh, uh, Ian's team, and maybe you agree. He, Other than Kamara, there's no one you look at. Uh, Lamar, actually, is pretty uh, scary, but yeah. there's no one that's winning him a week except for uh, no. Kamara, and I think that's kind of a problem going forward. Stern has a decent amount of guys that can win you a week. Uh, Stern's team is loaded. I really like this team. He would... He really underperformed with 136. He could have easily had close to 150 with Njoku. So, Ian, you had a chance to steal one. You didn't. You can't, You needed this one. Uh, Kamara got you seven. I'd be concerned about Duke Johnson. You reached on him. Um, Phil, what do you think about what he left on the bench? Let's see. Let's take a look real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I was actually with Ian, and he was deciding between – Hardman and Calvin Ridley the whole game and I mean looks like he should have went with Calvin Ridley oh clearly that was that's got to be a tough one because he's a Falcons fan um absolutely brutal I mean Hardman was solid I guess if you don't lose by two you're probably not complaining that you got 16 but that did cost him the week uh Duke Johnson got you three um Ian is one of the most depth uh, of any team in the league, but nothing overly scary. It's just a lot of really solid guys. Um, I don't dislike the team. I think he could probably make a, a couple of trades as some guys get injured and maybe improve this team. But I think 135 or so is probably what you're looking at, Ian. You gotta, I think you got to make a trade. Uh, looking side-by-side side at Stern's team, that's a stacked team. Uh, you, you needed to steal this one. You should have put $4 in for... For that defense, New England D. We got Phil on the podcast. He's literally looking down on you, mocking you right now, calling you Helen Keller. You got to get yourself a win, Ian. Otherwise, uh, 
you might be taking that 5k walk uh eating a bowl of cereal in that suit which i would love to see again if anyone wants me to i will walk with you i am not wearing a suit i am not eating cereal but if that's what gets someone to do it i will take the 5k with you for the exercise uh ian you let me know about that one uh i'll do it with you if if you get there um there's nothing I would love to see more than Ian walking a 5K, sweating his balls off, eating cereal, some Fruit Loops, because he's a Fruit Loop. Yes, I like that take. I actually really like yeah, that so, take. Right, exactly. But I did like this matchup. It was solid. But uh, outside of that, his wide receivers lack, and it's going to cost him in the long haul. I would agree with that. He's got to get a true wide receiver one does not really have one at the moment um and with that we'll move on to actually the first place team this is this is like this kills me what what is going on with this league that people who don't draft their teams are in first place uh i i don't i don't know what it is he's got a, a really solid team here mateo uh this was i believe first versus second last week um this was a good yeah. matchup shake and bake uh I don't know how much thought Mateo put into that team name. I think it's a reference to that Wolf Ferrell movie. I can't think of it off the top of my head. You know what I'm talking about, Phil? Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights, yes. Now, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know if you have a player on your team that has to do with that or if you just chose Shake and Bake. Uh, but you're in first place, so I can't really critique anything that you got here. Um, I thought, I thought that Jablin, and I'm pronouncing his name correctly, or I'm not. It's Jablon. Oh, oh! I hope he doesn't listen to these podcasts because I was given some false information on that when I caught Jablon. There you go. Okay, because that's what I originally called him. I was told it was wrong and that I was insulting him. So now I, I really hope he doesn't listen to these podcasts. There we go. We know we call Jablon Jabs, J A B S, Jabs. Okay, you know what? I might just call him Jabs for now because I've worried the whole time. I've been like, I don't want to insult you. I don't know which one it is. I was given some wrong information there, so I apologize if you actually listen to these. Uh, I hope you do. We could be nice to get you on one day. Um, but this was a good matchup. Uh, his team really underperformed with uh, McCaffrey and Marlon Mack. Everyone else was solid. Mike Evans really. No, no one really did anything special. Uh, I feel sick that I caught Marquise Brown, who you, I give you credit. As soon as I drafted him, you're like, this is the next Antonio Brown. And uh, I went and cut him in the 17th round. Uh, Jabs has him for the rest of his career. Now, for the next three years, I did cap it, which I'm actually glad about. can only keep players three <laughs> years. But he's got him for the next three years. And, uh, yeah, this was a good matchup. Uh, what, what did you think about uh, Mateo's team in this one? Um, I thought, I like you said, man, what is the deal with these auto-drafted teams being phenomenal? Don't know what it is. Um, Mateo's team is just, honestly, it's so consistent in every department between wide receiver to running back. I mean, the Vernon Davis thing's a reach, that's for sure. But Eckler, I don't think he's going to go anywhere, even if Melvin Gordon comes back. He's carved himself out a role yes, there. Yes, he looks amazing. Tyler Lockett, yeah. Tyler Lockett as the number one over there. He's always going to have a great floor. Um, you know, he's running with three quarterbacks, which is insane. And I think he's going to run the table. You think Mateo is going undefeated? I think 
let me let me backtrack. I don't think he's going to go undefeated. I think this is an easy playoff team. Yeah. But same scenario with Foster last year, where they're going to have so much juice up until the end, but one of his guys are going to come out. They're going to lose. Like Eckler might lose some downs to Gordon. Then Derrick Henry might maybe get slowed up by an injury. Dalvin Cook looks phenomenal. How long is that going to hold on for? Um, but. I do think they're an easy first place, third place finish. Uh, Do I think they're going to finish the job? Not too sure yet. I agree with that. Uh, Last year, Foster kind of Cinderella just fell a little short last year. I was rooting for him because I didn't make the playoffs. I I thought it would be funny if the person who really, I guess, cared the least about fantasy football came in, didn't draft his team, and won the whole league. Uh, he had a good team. He certainly had a chance, but obviously uh, uh, you took home the trophy last year. You had a hell of a team. Uh, I could see something like that again. I have, like you said, uh, Mateo has no holes on this team. Vernon Davis was Vernon Davis isn't, isn't really nothing special, but um, he lost Hunter Henry. So if, if Hunter Henry comes back and you just kind of look at this same team with Hunter Henry right there, he literally is probably top couple in this league at every position, wide receiver, running back, tight end. Um, I do think it's interesting. He was rostering three quarterbacks and two defenses, but uh, that's kind of what Foster did last year. It's that dual defense strategy seems to be working out. I honestly, maybe we just have to start trying it because clearly that's working. Um, as for the other side, uh, run CMC. This is another good team. I think he'll be there. Um, he had a lot of people underperform. Nothing. No one really was anything spectacular. Mike Evans, I'm sure he'll come up. But Jameis looks awful. Jameis looks terrible. Yeah, disgraceful. You got to wonder how much longer they feel like he's a franchise quarterback after all these years. Pro- probably just this year. Uh, McCaffrey is a stud, but uh, I don't know. With Cam out, that's going to be a little more interesting. Obviously, he only got seven. I wouldn't ever expect him to get seven Marlon Mack is hurt I think he might have got hurt in the middle of the game last week so that was a tough one I think Daniel Jones uh well, I'm so excited to see with Evan Ingram is going to be a nice connection I expect more than 10 uh, Watkins was solid this was kind of like an Ian team this week just everyone was uh eh, kind of solid uh he underperformed for sure um he had some see his bench uh, Chris Thompson actually played it. By the way, I actually have the snap count for every player, every running back, if you have. Uh, oh, wow. So I believe he actually played the most snaps, uh, if anyone is interested. Uh, let me see. I believe he did, though. Didn't make too much of it, though. No, nah, he played 45% of snaps. Uh, Adrian Peterson, 29. Wendell Smallwood, 26. Which is interesting, Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, he didn't really make a ton of it. Uh, five, he was just solid. Um, nothing really special. Yeah, there's not a lot on this bench. He lost Alshon. Uh, I think that this team steps up next week. We'll see who they're playing, but I wouldn't expect him to get 123 again. Um, no, yeah, I agree. I think his team came back to earth this week. I knew once a team was going to plan for Sammy Watkins, there's no way that dude's going to put up what he put up three touchdowns last week. Yeah, so he had like 40-something points, I think. Yeah, that's never going to happen again, let's be real. Um, Like you said, that Marquez Brown, Hollywood, is amazing. I actually own him in a dynasty league. 
where I own him for the next five years. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, you should be disgusting, the Kem- disgusted, the Kembe, because that's just you're trigger happy on those drops. Yeah, well, I but, didn't draft a kicker or defense, so it was a tough one uh, going into the first week. Definitely tough. I agree. Um, but outside that, I know you were talking about McCaffrey losing Cam. There's actually last year McCaffrey did pretty well last year without those games that Cam didn't start. So I'm not worried about him. If anything, that's a fluke week for Christian. That for sure. guy's floor is like a 20 every week. Um, Mike Evans, I'm a, I'd be worried, actually, if I was him about Mike Evans. One, the guy's injury prone out the ass. But two, Chris Godwin. I, I didn't even know who the fuck this guy was, honestly, going into this year. This dude has become their number one. And Mike Evans taking a backseat, and he has him as his number one on that team. It could hurt him in the long haul. I do like his team a lot, but I really do think it becomes average out by the end. I like that take. That he doesn't have the strongest bench. Um, Alshon's always kind of hurt. So if he does, especially during bye weeks, because this is a two-flex league where depth matters, really matters. You can't just have like a couple high-end players. I liked your take on Godwin. It kind of reminds me of one of those situations where the number two ends up becoming the number one just because the number two can't be guarded by uh number two corners and the number one maybe can so he godwin kind of just feels like he's always open uh i think i said on the first podcast i really liked uh, that scott's team kept him i was not happy that they kept him i wanted to draft him uh i i like that take i think um there might be some things to worry about here but hollywood brown looks like a a stud as their uh, wide receiver three or four. Maybe Alshon comes back healthy, but I like to look at the benches because it just kind of helps you see if they lose a player or during bye weeks. And I don't know if there's a ton there with Phil Lindsay, Davis, Sutton looked good in the first week. Um, Phil it, Lindsay was a great free agent addition last season. This year, I don't think that guy's really anything to write home to mom about. No, uh, that is for sure. He has... You see, he has, what, 20, 22, 24 rushes through two weeks. Nothing really special there. I'm actually looking for his snap count. Uh, I don't really I'm think... pretty sure Royce Friedman has been absurdly out-snapping him and outperforming him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's actually what I was looking for because I think, yeah, so Royce Freeman played 53% to Philip Lindsay's 48%. I know that's over 100, so uh, sometimes they were on the field together. I wouldn't really want either part of that backfield, honestly, 53 and 48. But if I did, I guess you want the guy that's going to get the red lo- uh, red zone and goal line looks, maybe a little bit more. Um, but Phil, Phil Lindsay's a pretty explosive player. Maybe he's just a bi-week fill-in. Uh, he did keep him in the seventh round. He might have gotten drafted there. Um, this is an okay team. It's a solid team, I think. Uh, maybe, yeah, like you said, it came back down to earth. Um, we'll see what he does with it. Uh, he's got he's got some nice high-end players. If he makes a nice pickup, there's certainly some upside there. But right now, sure. he got blown out. Uh, first for second place uh, last week, got blown out. Uh, there's a lot of low-scoring matchups this week. Or last week, I should say. I'm looking at it. 118. I had Ass Eaton Season 114. The OK team, 87. Uh, 123. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just one of those kind of low-scoring weeks. But 
we'll go to the final matchup here. This is a great one as well. Feeling good. We got Foster upsetting the perfect team in this league. Uh, it's kind of tough to be perfection, but he did it. Yeah, he did it. Um, what are your thoughts about Foster's team here? I mean, like last week, your take on the last podcast was perfect about Foster's team. It's it is performing weirdly, but God, is it terrible to look at? I yeah. mean, like I I mean, like I'm never a Julio Jones fan. I know he's good, but he'll miss like four monumental games for you in the year, and it'll cost you. But to see just Kenyon Drake and Royce Freeman on his team, who's on his bench as running backs as well. It's iffy. I, I mean, with Davis like Murray, Carlos Hyde, it's nothing but running back twos and threes. There's zero chance this team's carrying him to a playoff. I'm, I love Mahomes. Like, the top three are great. Mahomes, yeah. Jones, Thielen, phenomenal. Kelsey, yeah. also. Can those four carry your team? Probably. But there's going to be the week where one of them doesn't go off and you're going to put up 90 points. Yes, I could see that. Um, that's a good take. He did get 15 from Freeman. I don't know how much you could count on that, but he he also got five catches, which uh, makes me like wonder what do they even want Phil Lindsay? Why Phil Lindsay was an explosive pass catcher? Why are you using Royce Freeman to catch five passes? Uh, makes no sense. It makes little sense to me. He got he. I don't remember exactly what the score was, but he won by a little less than three. Um, yeah, I think he was down about nine points going into Monday Night Football, and Robbie Anderson had dropped squadoosh through like two and a half quarters, and yep. uh, I don't even I can't even think of the quarterback that they brought in because they literally signed him off the street like two days earlier. Was it Luke Falk? Luke Falk is the, that's uh, the Jets quarterback, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, he told Seth to go Falk himself. Uh, I'm sorry for that one, but I couldn't help myself. Uh, with he literally he targeted Ryan Anderson six times uh, in like a quarter and a half, got him the 12 points that he needed to pull the upset. This was a crazy close matchup. Uh, I I thought Foster was gonna lose there. It was not looking good for him, but Falk loved uh, Anderson. So I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I, Sam Darnold's coming back soon. I thought Robbie Anderson was going to be solid. If, if he is uh, as solid as I thought he was, because he was good last year. At the end of the year, he was really solid with Darnold. If he gets he something solid from him there, maybe has something. But uh, like you said, he needs running backs. If he could get, if he could get like thirty between his two running backs a week, get like fifteen, even maybe like twenty six. I like get thirteen apiece. He has some, you know, like you said, he has Mahomes, Julio, he has Thielen, he has Travis Kelsey, uh, maybe Ryan Anderson is solid. Uh, uh, Allen Robinson was really good week one. Not a ton on the bench there, so I do like your take. I think uh, he's got to he's got to either get lucky with a nice pickup or make a trade. But I know he said he he wants a running back, but doesn't want to trade any of his starters. So. It seems like he's going to have to give up one of them. If I, if I were him, I'd give up either Thielen or Julio. For, I mean, like you can't give up Kelsey and you can't give up the Mahomes combo. That's just no. great for fantasy. But he's got to do something for a running back. I think I do think Kenyon Drake starts helping Miami work a little bit more. I don't know if you watched the game, but they tried to use Balage, whatever that guy's name yeah, is, Kalen in the past Balazs. game, and he looked terrible. That guy was atrocious. Yeah. So Sorry. I look for Kenyon Drake to rebound for sure this week. For yeah, him. I find it interesting that he only got 
six carries because he played 55% of the snaps to Kalen's 34. And Mark Walton, who I barely even know who that is, played 16%. That team is a train wreck, absolute train wreck. They need to get some consistency there. They need to commit to kind of one guy. If they do decide to commit to Kenyon Drake or if they want to commit to Bollage and trade Drake somewhere – um, that would be nice for him. Uh, like you said, Freeman actually looks pretty solid. They used him a good amount. Maybe he'll uh, get a little lucky there because Royce does look like he's playing well. They drafted him pretty high to be a solid running. He needs that. He really needs that. If he gets that, this team could be something. If he doesn't, um, Foster's got to make a big-time move. Uh, I think that stays a committee, though. I no matter how good Royce Freeman does, I think that stays a committee between the two. Yeah, agreed. I because they're both they're both really solid. You can't. I wouldn't. You certainly aren't going to commit to Phil Lindsay as the full time running back. No um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that's going to be interesting. It, it it probably varies week to week. I wouldn't feel strongly starting Royce Freeman or Phil Lindsay, or or Kenyon Drake at any point. Nope. Uh, the guy who got the most volume on his team was to actually sign off the street three weeks ago. Carlos Hyde with 20 carries. Hyde looks amazing, actually. 30 carries. That makes me sick to my stomach. Carlos Hyde? Yeah, I hate Carlos Hyde with a passion. I've gotten fights with people over Carlos Hyde, Ian to be one of them. I actually don't talk to a kid anymore because we got in such an epic fight about if Carlos Hyde is good or not. And that's how much I hate to see this guy doing good right now. Oh, that's fantastic because Seth hates his fucking guts also. Yeah. I, I believe the Carlos Hyde go to Ohio State. He did. He did. I think that is why Seth hates him. Seth's a big uh, Michigan State guy. That's where he went to school. Uh, Seth hates his guts. And I do know him and I used to always talk about how he had a couple good fantasy seasons, but it was volume-based. It wasn't like talent-based. Yeah. So... When they signed him, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks for Duke Johnson, but I can't, you know, he's kind of trash. And then all of a sudden, he's got 30 carries for 173 yards. I don't know exactly what that is, but. Uh, he's not finding the end zone, but he looks good. Yeah, I don't think he's really gotten much of a chance to in. I think Deshaun Watson has two rushing touchdowns, so I don't know if they're even using him down there, but. Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty funny. The guy with the most volume on his team was signed off the street three weeks ago. Uh, straight garbage. But I also think uh, with that Texans team, they probably are a decent amount of holes because they have a loaded uh, offense in terms of wide receivers. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Maybe Carlos Hyde, if, if he keeps getting 20 carries a game, maybe he plays his way into Foster's uh, RB situation. Hope he doesn't. I'm totally with you there, Phil. Um if at the love end you guy. want to tell that story about the uh, Carlos Hyde fight, I would think everyone would love to hear it. Um, but we'll get there. We could, we could get there at the end if you want to. Um, <laughs> certainly, I think Seth's on board with that one. We'll get the fuck Carlos Hyde uh, committee started. Um, yeah, fuck that guy. But uh, And with that, he actually played Seth's team. So we got a nice segue onto a perfect 0-2 team here, which is... Kind Ridiculous. of an, yeah, kind of an oxymoron there. Uh, what do you think of Seth's team? I think Seth's team is good. I think I honestly feel bad for Seth. He should have. He should be at least a one-on-one team easy right now. Um, Zeke and Carryon's a great pairing. I know Carryon had a bad week last week. I have Carryon in another league as well. But 
Zeke's an animal. Carrion's a great RB2 to have. Mark Andrews, who the fuck is this guy? Terry McLaurin, I'm pretty sure he just scooped him on waivers. He did. So that's great, yep. Ed. Um, T.Y. Hilton has been great with Jacoby Brissett. I think Seth's team is a really good team that's just been getting unfortunate hands. I think this is what happened to his team last year as well, and then he just came on strong. Yeah, I think you're right. He kind of just had a... He was just a little bit unlucky, and I actually really unlucky all around because he stashed Jarek McKinnon and um, Darius Geis all season with the hopes of keeping wow. them, and obviously neither uh, panned out there. So really, it was just a really unlucky season for Seth. Um, on his bench, he uh, he has Bollage, who got one catch, um, six. Um, just yeah, uh, that trash. But he's got Mike Williams, who I guess he was hurt but I like Mike Williams Seth has a a pretty solid team uh oh and he's got it's Ty Hill Hill's hurt yeah, yeah that's really what it is I mean he with Ty Hill in there I guess um filthy. yeah I guess you replace him with D.D. Westbrook who I thought was gonna be solid but obviously with no Nick Foles that's a tougher one yeah he is a really he put up 148 with a guy getting one I was looking at his team. I was like, how did he lose? Because everyone did well. And I think, I guess that's really just what it was. D.D. Westbrook got a point. Should have had probably like 160. Uh, this is a good team. This is a, a really good team, actually. It is a good team, Dikembe. The only thing I question and I wonder your opinion on is, should he have kept Mahomes instead of Mike Williams? Because I feel like this team, if you have, Matt Ryan's great. I love Matt Ryan. But Patrick Mahomes as this team's quarterback, this team is like, I'm scared. Yeah, that's actually an interesting take because even though Matt Ryan hasn't, I mean, he, I'm looking, he had 20.5 and he had 22. Mahomes is. Three picks, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. um, I'm just saying, you know, he was decent. He wasn't bad, but Mahomes has had 27 and 31, whereas he's not starting Mike Williams. So I do know what Seth's logic was that it was a one quarterback league. He didn't think it was quite as important. Um, I guess he also wasn't expecting Mike Williams to get hurt, but he. I think if you ask Seth, he would probably be disappointed in what Mike Evans has done so far. He kept Mike Evans. Oh, sorry, Mike Evans. Mike Williams. He kept him yeah. in our other league. So yeah, I think in hindsight, I don't know. Maybe if he would make the same decision, maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't. But I, um, I do like that take because Mahomes ended up going in like the. He went in the fourth round. Now it's Foster's fourth round pick. Yeah, this would be if you were put, was he the fourth round or the third round. He kept, uh, I think, Thielen uh, right, in the third. Yeah, so he was it a late third. I guess I don't remember I don't, if it was a late four or not. But he, he did go in the fourth round. Foster picked right before me. Yeah, so it was the first pick in the fourth round because Foster was the last pick, I believe, or one of the last picks. So he had an early two. Yeah, so he he was like one of the first picks in the fourth round, which means he was picked in like maybe in the top third low thirties, like thirty one, thirty two. If I'm, I'm where getting... he should go for sure. Yeah, in a ten person league. Yeah, and um, yeah, that actually is a huge difference maker. Obviously, he would have won if the positions were swapped. He would have won this week. Um, he did have some great picks there with Mark Andrews, with uh. With Ty Hill, if he, yeah, I mean, if he had Mahomes and Ty Hill, that would have been one of the more fun pairings in this league. We're talking about For Mahomes sure. and Kelsey. Um, 
I have uh, Hopkins and Deshaun Watson, but I think Mahomes Beautiful. and Ty Hill would have been the, the most fun uh, QB pairing in the league to have. Uh, Definitely. He didn't draft his first two picks, though, so I don't think he was um, planning on Ty Hill. But, yeah, I do like that take. I think the balance of the league would be a little different if he did because tough to say who Foster would have picked there at pick four or in the fourth maybe round. he got a running back. Yeah, me. he might have gotten a running back yeah. there. Tough to say who would have been available or who he would have taken. Um, you know what? I could actually look. We will just see quickly who who was around when foster picked because here's also a fun fact about sets team he's rostering a rob gronkowski yeah so i don't know how long he's gonna do that for it's yeah he's been like hinting at coming back and then nothing happened so that's kind of been a interesting i think he's hoping he comes back and he's got him as a keeper but i i guess he did use two roster spots last year on two guys he didn't keep so uh, I guess it's that's definitely a tough strategy, but I I am tough looking. Strategy, Seth. I'm I'm looking at where Foster picked there, taking Mahomes, and you took Mark Ingram right after him. Uh, Josh wow. Jacobs went right after him, so those are two pretty and solid running backs. Nice. He did, yeah. Josh Jacobs looks like uh, you know if he didn't tweak his uh, groin last week, he looks really good for that team. Maybe Foster's team would be a little different. He still could have gotten. Uh, some of the other more solid run, uh, quarterbacks and like, you know, Deshaun or Mayfield or some of those guys. So, yeah, I mean, Ian actually took Duke Johnson was the third running back taken after that. So running back really fell Great. off after that point. Yeah. Um, then James White and then Melvin. Yeah. So uh, it's tough because we, there's some decent running back keepers in this league. So you end up do having to reach on running back. I wonder if Foster regrets doing that or not. Um, I probably wouldn't I, I to take Mahomes, but yeah, you do make a really good point there. I wonder how Seth feels about that. Maybe we I'll get him back on the podcast at some point later in the year, and he can tell us how he feels about uh, having not kept him because he could have obviously kept him two more years. It's not even just this one yeah, season. I remember questioning that early on him too. Yes. Um, I, I believe he took Mahomes super late last year. 13th round, I think, maybe yeah, I think he would have been a 12 or a 13. I mean, like, that just says value to me. Yeah, because, uh, let me see, I actually put it away, but I want to see what uh, quarterback, I guess it's not even worth it, but, you know, you can yeah, imagine right. who went in the 12th or 13th round at quarterback. Probably was not pretty. Obviously, Seth could have taken, um, you know, he would have gotten some nice value leading up to that where he didn't have to take any quarterbacks. He got Matt Ryan. I think he took him pretty late. Uh, he's 0-2. He's going to got to win this week, uh, which leads me into this week's pick em. Uh Are you ready for this? I am ready for this, Dikembe. Okay, so we'll do our two matchups last. I don't normally like to pick my matchup, so I'll let you have the floor for mine. Um We'll do our and two. I'll let you do this as well as mine. Okay, so we'll do our two matchups there last. I'm I'm playing uh, Ian. You are uh, you're playing Ass Eating Season. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll me too. we'll start with uh, we'll we'll do it based on importance. Actually, we're gonna start from the bottom here. We have two zero and two teams. We have Seth's perfect wow. team versus the OK team. You gotta feel that now. Six of the ten teams do make the playoffs, but if you start zero and three, I. Uh, that's tough. That's a tough situation to be in. 
might I think last year maybe a team that was under 500 got in, but I I wouldn't certainly want to wouldn't want to count on that. You you have to win this week. One of these two teams obviously is going to, but this is kind of must win territory. Uh, and whoever loses, they ha- they have to win like the next three weeks. So um, I'll let I you tell you right now, Dikembe. Yeah, Philly's team has not a shit chance at beating Seth's team this week. Okay, so right off the bat, we don't even need to get into Billy's team. Uh, Will, your team is going down this week. I think, think I gotta agree with uh, Phil on that one. Uh, I don't I hate to say it, but I mean, Mixon looks banged up. I don't, e- I don't even know if he's gonna play. The line is so bad. Well, yeah. he's gonna play. He the did got a full terrible. practice in, but yeah. Jarvis Landry doesn't exist there with Odell Beckham there. It's just clear. Yeah, um, seven Juju, catches on the season. Juju, Juju's going to get locked up if he's going to be on the same side as Sherman. Um, it's just not a good week for Will. Um, James White, I love James White, but he is such a pedestrian floor at maybe 11 to 15 points. I love Aaron Jones on his team. Aaron Jones is great, but outside of that, I would love to play that team. Now, what do you think about him? I know you said you liked Manny Sanders. What do you think about him putting him in over James White? Maybe does that change anything for you? Or maybe over Jarvis Landry? Manny Sanders has to get his way into this lineup. The guy put up an 18-pointer, and then what he put up another? A 20-something? Yeah, he was amazing. Something absurd. Amazing. I mean, like, for him rebounding from an Achilles surgery, I knew with Flacco going over there, he was going to hit the guy. And he is. He's looking for him every time. And... I mean, like, those targets got to relate. So I would even maybe leave James White there. I would sit maybe Landry for Manny Sanders. Does that change anything for you? Maybe if he makes that move, maybe he has a higher ceiling now, or you still feel the same? Because maybe he will. It's a Thursday night. He does have time to make that move if he listens to the podcast. So would that change anything for you? I mean, like, if you're going to put Sanders there, matching him up against Moore with a mediocre quarterback playing for DJ Moore that week, it does change the matchup for sure. Um, Hilton got hurt, actually. Let's see that. Quad. He's limited, limited Wednesday quad. So uh, he'll probably play, but how? who knows how limited he'll be. Same with Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews, yeah. Yeah. He did so, come back. Uh, but yeah. All of a sudden, Seth got banged up. He's returned to practice, so he's going to play. But I do think it would help Seth out, I mean, uh, Billy out drastically if you get Emmanuel Sanders in that lineup. He's been he's been everything that Joe Flacco's wanted in a wide receiver. I agree. I, if you look and just have Manny Sanders in that wide receiver receiver two spot because he's put up twenty eight and uh, eighteen, he has a good team. I, just a lot of them are underperforming. I, obviously, Juju heavily underperforming. He hasn't been awful at thirteen and a half, thirteen point eight. But he, I mean, you didn't he didn't keep him in the third round for that. David Johnson's been, last week he was not good. I mean, he had eight points, but at Baltimore was a tough game. It's really been Joe Mixon, Juju. Uh, Darren Waller was a great pick for him. Uh, We got him in our other league in the 16th round. That was a really nice value for him. But like you said, James White, uh, he got lucky. Uh, He scored. He he got in the end zone when there was like five minutes left in that game. They were up like 37-0, whatever it was. He kind of had no business scoring. Yeah, and he shouldn't even been in the game. But uh, like you said, the floor is really low. I don't, I don't like that they use Rex Burkhead so much. Uh, you never know with Bill Belichick. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know what they're doing there. 
Um, the split was 49% Sony, 31% White, 24% Burkhead. So they are using all three. It's kind of like if you have three, you don't have one. And that's kind of what it feels like for fantasy. They're all kind of capped. Um, I can't think. Matt LaFleur, I think, is the coach of the Packers, came out and said he wants to have more of a split with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, he went off last twenty three for hundred and sixteen. Jamal Williams Jamal Williams is garbage. Uh yeah, it, it reminds me of that quote. He is who he thought we the uh he was. Not quite the exact same quote. It was uh they are who we thought they were and we let him off the hook. But Jamal Williams is what we all thought he he was. He's never proven us otherwise. Um there's a quote I like, which is he's had years to wow us. And literally has never wowed us, never done uh, really anything that's been worth t- taking time from. He had 47% of snaps. That is that is just crazy. too high. It's way too high. Aaron Jones got 58%. Um, and Matt LaFleur is known for doing this when he was on Tennessee last year. Yes. He didn't go to Derrick Henry until like the last, what, three weeks? Yeah, uh, it was a pretty heavy like 50-50 split of Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry which the guy's an idiot yeah clearly because obviously derrick henry looked amazing and he's, he's kind of picked up where he left off last yeah. year uh even though he actually again that it was dead even 50 50 last week Dion lewis derrick henry i'm honestly pretty confused by that um was it really yeah i didn't even know that i own Dion lewis in a league and i just dropped him because he sucks yeah i guess he's in there but he's not getting touches so i um I guess when we get to Mateo's team this week, I think yeah, I think he has him. Um, we could talk about it a little more, but that it, it just doesn't really make any sense with Aaron Jones. Billy kind of needs him if he steps up and gets what he was last week. David Johnson, Joe Mixon, and Aaron Jones is really nice, um, but it just hasn't been happening. So that's why I'm going to take Seth's perfect team in this one. I'm going with you, Phil. Uh, I think Seth is the best player in this matchup with Zeke Elliott. Um, he's got some pretty good matchups. Really, I mean, Zeke is going to fucking destroy Miami. Uh, I just saw that. He's going to absolutely destroy them. Um, Mark Andrews, I, I'm excited to see Lamar Jackson against uh, Pat Mahomes. Just a side note, I'm really excited for that game. I hope it's on... Uh, TV because I really want to watch that one. It's probably the two most exciting quarterbacks in the league. Uh oh, Phil. Uh oh, hold on, hold on. There we go, Phil. Oh no. Okay, we're having some what would appear to be technical difficulties. I'm just gonna kind of keep going here. Um. Okay, boys, we had some interesting technical difficulties there. We lost Phil, couldn't quite figure out how to get it done. Um, not only that, but the podcast actually just stopped at 60 minutes. So it kind of worked out there that we lost Phil because uh, him and I would have been j- talking and the podcast would have just flat out stopped anyway. Um, apparently the way we were doing it, you can only do it for 60 minutes. Whereas the way Seth and I were doing it last week, we were able to go over an hour. So I don't know. I guess next time I'll do it that way. Uh, 
I'm kind of excited to see how this one comes out. I'm not even sure where we lost Phil there, but pretty happy with how the podcast was going so far. Uh, Phil, you were a fantastic guest on the show. Definitely will get you on again uh, to redeem yourself there or redeem ourselves, the redeem team. Uh, I did get his game picks for the rest of the game picks, so we'll just go through them. Uh, we'll say, I'll say who Phil had. Uh, I'll make some picks myself. Uh, I believe we left off where we we picked Seth's perfect team to beat the OK team in a close one. Uh, next up, we got Feeling Good versus Run CMC. Uh, Run CMC is actually projected the most points of anyone uh, this week. Uh, hopefully, people are listening to this second part of the podcast. Won't be too long, uh, but. This is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, Foster's got himself a pretty good team, but I think I like uh, Run CMC to win this one by just a little bit. Uh, Phil's on board with me there. Uh, I think the running back situation is going to be what decide it, decides it. It depends if Marlon Mack plays, though, because if Marlon Mack doesn't play, he's going to put in Phil Lindsay or Chris Thompson, and they might be a little closer to what uh phil phil uh sorry what foster's getting from his rb2 situation um so if mac does sit this becomes a closer matchup but i do think christian mccaffrey versus royce freeman uh is going to be a massacre so i i think that's where he's going to pick up a lot of points i think uh uh, Jab Jablon has a better flex situation with Watkins and uh, Brown by a little bit. I mean, I like Allen Robinson. Uh, Robbie Anderson's kind of iffy, so I like his flex situation more. I think wide receivers kind of a wash. Julio and Thielen versus Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Um, I do like Mahomes over Wentz, but obviously against Baltimore, it's a little bit tougher of a matchup. So I yeah, I think the running backs are going to be what decides it. I think the projections probably pretty fair. I think Run CMC wins this one 148-137 in a pretty competitive matchup. Um, let's see, they got any Monday night games? It doesn't appear so. Allen Robinson plays Monday night, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Foster had an outside chance to win this one with A-Rob, but I think he would need a good game, a really good game for him on Sunday night. So um, kind of a shitty game anyway, Bears versus Washington. I don't know who's trying to watch that game unless you have someone in fantasy so uh yeah we both have uh run cmc in this one puts him to two and one this is gonna this is a good matchup uh third versus fourth place kind of muddies the waters of the league a little bit we got three three and oh teams a lot of uh, so some one and one teams uh so this would be an important game for uh uh, run CMC to win just to kind of for everyone in the league just so someone doesn't start 3-0 kind of keep all the other teams uh, hanging around uh, but uh, you know with that one we'll go to Shake and Bake who's 2-0 the first place team versus Touchdown My Pants actually one of the closest projections I've seen in a while another one 149 and a half for Stern to 148 for Shake and Bake this is probably going to be the matchup of the week. Uh, Mateo's starting Josh Allen at the moment. Um, does he still have three quarterbacks? He cut Baker Mayfield, actually. Interesting. So he only has the two quarterbacks. He's starting Josh Allen. Uh, 
this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. Stern has to start Jason Witten because he lost Njoku. I don't really know that he was getting a ton from uh, Njoku anyway. Phil has Stern winning. I... I think I agree. I think I agree with this one, but I I don't feel very strongly, uh, honestly. I think these are both uh, loaded teams. I think Jacksonville just got gashed by uh, Carlos Hyde last week for 90 yards. So I, I, Derrick Henry is a much better player, uh, better O-line. I expect Derrick Henry to beat that 13-point projection. He's been one of the better running backs in fantasy. This is just going to be a really competitive matchup. Uh, Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers, kind of a wash, honestly, which is surprising because Rodgers just, he's Rodgers, but he hasn't really been that impressive. He hasn't even cracked 15 points this year. Um, OBJ and Brandon Cooks, who are actually playing each other, so that could be a really high-scoring matchup. Against Diggs and Antonio Brown, uh, tough to really pick between those two there I think I would give uh, Mateo a slight edge there just because it's AB's second game on that team and uh, I think it's going to be a really high scoring uh, matchup there with Odell potentially putting up a lot of points for uh, Mateo but I think running back might be where Stern maybe picks up a little bit of points, but maybe even not too many. I mean, Saquon, Saquon's obviously a stud at Tampa Bay. I think he's going to gash him, but Dalvin Cook against Oakland probably gashes them too, so that's a tough one. Uh, Chris Carson, I think, has a really nice day against uh, New Orleans, but might not be the high-scoring affair that it would have been otherwise. But again, maybe uh, Seattle will be, end up running that out at the end. I could definitely see him outperforming Henry by a little bit, but that's a tough one. Hooper versus uh, Jason Witten's kind of a wash. I, I'm not going to sit here and really predict who I think is going to have a better game, but Jason Witten is going against Miami. Eckler against Kenny Galladay. Now, that's actually a pretty tough one. I'm going to switch it. He's I'm going to move Nick Chubb into that one, which it doesn't really matter. He has two flex. Eckler versus Nick Chubb is really tough. Nick Chubb really hasn't been getting used that much. Uh does have 17 carries and 18 carries, but I the receiving volume hasn't really been there. He's been solid, not spectacular. Eckler's been a stud. Uh, I not positive, but he might be the RB one. He probably is. He had 39 and a half to uh, 23.3. Uh, you know, his first two weeks. I think Eckler actually gets the best of Chubb here by by some points. Uh, and then you just have Tyler Lockett versus Kenny Galladay. I think. Galladay at Philly, Lockett versus New Orleans. I think Lockett probably has a long touchdown. I'm not really seeing any big edges here. I, I Honestly, if I'm stern, I'd be a little worried about him having Tennessee defense on a Thursday night game against Jacksonville. They're always ugly games. God knows with Minshew. Um, I think I'm going to take Mateo here. I, I think this is going to be the matchup of the week. I, I think this one might be like 155, 152, something really close. Um, we'll kind of know by by tonight because he has Tennessee defense and Derrick Henry, uh, Mateo. So obviously those are two players for him going. If they they play well, obviously Mateo's in good shape. If not, uh, you know, that's one of Mateo's uh, more important players there, Derrick Henry. So 
I'm going to take him. I don't really feel confident picking against Stern. I think Stern has potentially the best team in the league, but I don't know. I just got a gut feeling. Again, Phil took Stern. I'm going to take Mateo. We're going to split on that one. Stern's a 51% favorite. Um, I think Stern might have used up all his luck last week uh, winning that fantasy title and just pulling past uh, Ian's team last week in the final minutes to get that win. So I'm going to take Shake and Bake to move to 3-0. and And then uh, we got Phil versus Ass Eaton season here. Now, you know how Phil, Phil felt in this one. He said he's going to blow Ass Eaton season out of the water. Um love it I love the smack talk and I agree I agree I think this one isn't going to be that close uh I, I would just be a little worried about Mike Thomas at Seattle um I'm worried about Devontae Freeman Sony Michelle against the Jets uh, is I don't know and they they might blow them out but it, again I don't know it's tough to pick with Sony Michelle he goes from getting 15 carries for 14 yards to 21 for in, in last year last week he did have 83 yards and a touchdown but only scored 12 points so I don't know Phil has a lot of hit or miss players Vance McDonald going from 6 to 22 he did score two touchdowns so it seems kind of maybe a little fluky because he only had 38 yards maybe Mason Rudolph likes him uh where I'd be a little worried if I was Phil is Amari Cooper against Miami we all know Amari Cooper likes to drop 40 and then drop 15. This might be a week he drops 40. I know Phil's certainly hoping not. He does have Aguilar in that spot, who was awesome last week. It looks like they're for sure going to be without Deshaun Jackson, probably without uh, Alshon Jeffrey. So I think that's going to be a chance for Scott to pick up some points there, but it's it's tough to say. That's a tough one. Uh, right now they have Christian Kirk in ass eating season as their second flex, and jo- uh, and Phil has Josh Gordon. I wouldn't feel confident about Josh Gordon uh, after after what we saw last week. Uh, a- Antonio Brown kind of completely um, took away his the fantasy relevance that he had. I mean. He did only have four targets the week before, so I guess it's tough to say. He's kind of a big play guy. He has DK Metcalf on the bench. Uh, Phil, I I would start DK Metcalf. Uh, I know you like him. I think DK Metcalf against New Orleans is going to have a nice game. Uh, He does have uh, Damian Williams. Looks like he's probably not playing this week, so he's not going to play him. Um, I think this might... I think it could be a close matchup, but I'm not going to predict it I think Phil wins this one 141 123 uh I don't know I think there's just something a little bit missing here for Scott's team do they have anyone injured yeah they have Josh Jacobs who's hurt TJ Hawkinson's tough to say I'm kind of surprised they're benching him this feels like one of those where you play the guy you benched last week and and then he does nothing, and then you bench the guy who was a stud for you week one, and he goes off. Uh, so I don't know. It's tough decisions for Scott's team. Uh, I, I Evan knows what he's doing from what from what it seems like to me, the picks that they made. So I'm not going to uh, really go against them. But I think Phil does win this one, 141-123, I believe I said. So I think we're up to the final matchup here. I think that's my matchup. 
It is my matchup. I did pick my matchup last week. I picked Phil to win. I don't really like picking my matchup, but uh, Phil thinks I'm going to win this one, and I agree. I'm gonna be. I'm coming for you, Ian. I don't really want to say that, but I need to win this week. And uh, I don't know. It feels like one of those. I hope I just didn't jinx myself. I don't know. It kind of feels like I just did, but I kind of. I don't know. I got a gut feeling my team steps up a little bit bit after last week. I do have Fournette tonight, who I'm kind of worried about. I don't even know if James Conner is playing. Okay, he got a full practice in. I'm actually not positive. I'm not positive that I'm going to beat Ian's team. I actually think this is going to be a close one. Um, I take back what I said. Ian is a good team. He's a deep team. And I don't even know who he's starting this week. I don't think he knows who he's starting. I guess he has a, a certain lineup in right now that I wouldn't be surprised if he changed five times uh, before it's all said and done. I think my lineup's pretty much set. Uh, Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson is going to be... Uh, definitely a close one. I wouldn't really project either one to beat the other. Really, either one could uh, have themselves a day. I love Deshaun Watson. Uh, sorry, uh, DeAndre Hopkins over Julian Edelman, though. I like Tyler Boyd over Cooper Cup. Todd Gurley versus Kamara. I'd like to say that uh, Gurley's going to come close, but I don't really know. I, I don't really know what to project with Kamara either, though. I, I'm just going to give Ian a slight advantage on that one. Fournette versus David Montgomery. Again, this is a tough one. The, the Bears are using David Montgomery uh, weird. If anyone's interested in the snap count, he got 44% last week to Tarek Cohen's 38 to Mike Davis's 25 Um I think Fournette had like 97%. But he's not scoring, so I don't know. I think I think the Bears need to use Montgomery a little more. I think that one's going to be close because Fournette is playing tonight, and I hate those matchups. If Ian does beat me, I think this is where he, he makes up the most points. O.J. Howard versus Zach Ertz. I don't want to start O.J. Howard, but I can't bench him just yet. If he can't score on one of the worst defenses in the league, the New York Giants, then... It's panic time for me and O.J. Howard. And uh, Ian has Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, you know what Zach Ertz is. They're down some of their better weapons. I think this is... Last week I said I was worried about New England D. I'm worried about Zach Ertz this week against O.J. Howard. Um, flex, James Conner versus Calvin Ridley. I think that's a tough one. Week one, I'd probably be saying I feel really strongly James Conner over Calvin Ridley, but... Uh, it's kind of tough to predict right now. He's at San Francisco. That line, that D-line looks awesome. That one kind of feels like a wash to me. Calvin Ridley's been pretty impressive. I, I actually think maybe Ridley has a slight edge. Um, I think Larry Fitzgerald over Miko Hardman by a bit. You kind of you know what Larry Fitzgerald is. Tough to say what Hardman is right now, but we're going to know after this week. He's getting his chance. He looked good last week. Um this is going to be a tight matchup. Uh, Phil has me winning. I'm actually not positive. I know I said I th I thought I was going to, but going through the matchups, it's going to be close. I think I have a little more firepower. I think I have uh, the best player in the matchup in DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't know. I just I have some guys I'm worried about. James Conner, OJ Howard, uh, Todd Gurley hasn't been anything special. Fournette's been solid. He's averaging like 90 yards a game, but he's just not scoring. 
So I don't know. And this is going to be a tough one. I'm not going to pick anything in terms of me picking a win. Phil has me winning. Um, we'll just go with that. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this week's game picks. Uh, I know this was a re- really weird podcast. Obviously, it ended. was really happy to have Phil on the podcast. I think uh, Phil did great. Definitely going to get him back on at some point in the season. Um, but yeah, this is an important week. I know it's early, but there's certainly a couple teams that need to get a win. And there's some teams that have a chance to put themselves in a really good situation. Uh, I think the playoffs start week, is it week 14? Yeah, week 14. So that means the regular season ends week 13. Now, I believe last year some, a team got in at 6 and 7. Uh, pretty sure, I think I think one team did got in at six and seven. It was a pretty competitive league where there was, wasn't a lot of separation. So if you start three and oh, you really just need to win. Let's call it four more times to get into the playoffs. So that we got three teams at two and oh, um, none of them are playing each other. They all have a chance to get to three and oh, put themselves in a really good spot. And we have three teams at oh and three. Uh, Two are playing each other, must win. Uh, I'm playing Ian, obviously. I think that's there's also a must win for Ian. And uh, maybe not as important for the other one and one teams. You don't want to start one and two. But, you know, your season's far from over if you're one and two, especially in this league. So um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a big week. I think we'll start to see if teams are for real or if they kind of just were flukes. Uh, hopefully everyone's team stays healthy i know last week was a shit show with running backs so uh but that uh it's been an honor to be your host dikembe for this podcast uh i look forward to having ass eating season on for what appears to be just five minutes unless he listens to this one for a little bit longer uh scott get yourself ready evan if you listen to these and you want to be on um let me know um but yeah with that uh Have a good week, everyone, and uh, I'll see you next week on next week's podcast.